Wake up, gamers, because you're listening to Big Think Dimension with Dan and Bob Video Games. I'm on the dual sense! I'm not. Chris Wolfhard. PC Gaming. And Dr. Agro. Packs like you do two takes. I do one take. Here on Gigaboots. Well, technically, you also just had to do two takes. <laughs> nope, it was a new first take. <laughs> well, then mine was as well, right, Bob? No. What? You tell him, Bob. <laughs> what the hell is all this? <laughs> this is bullshit. It's the difference between vandalism and terrorism. It's all a matter of intent. <laughs> well, anyways... We're here. I'm going to get a little bit more of that music. Okay, here we go. Yeah, anyways, we're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Big Think Dimension number 204. Too bad we didn't think of a title for this one, right? Yeah, it's tragic. Uh, Bob and I played Bullet Witch. <laughs> I believe what I said upon the completion of that video game was I wish I could play for the audience every conversation I've ever had in my life with Bob about Bullet Witch. <laughs> yeah, like, that game's clearly just uh, incomplete. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> you, you mean the fact you run around like Half-Life 2 multiplayer map for most of it? <laughs> yes. I think that's being generous to those maps. <laughs> I modeled a city. That's really good, Tom. That can be at least two episodes or two levels. Probably three or four. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say about Bullet Witch other than, oh boy, that yeah. is the dankiest of the jankiest. That is supremely made by the developers of Dragon Guard. Without any scene director, yes. <laughs> um,. Goku voice acts an American GI type. Mm -hmm. He's very Chris Redfield adjacent. Uh, Bullet Witch is a fucking terrible video game that this man snuck onto a list of good video games. Good video games? <laughs> what? You can't even, you can't even sit does, here and condescend to, uh, to Asura's Wrath. It doesn't compare to Asura's Wrath, obviously. <laughs> Asura's Wrath is a bad game. Bullet Witch <laughs> is a terrible game, incomplete game, but at least it was only two and a half hours. Uh, it was it was three and a half, but okay. we chopped an hour. We chopped an hour and a half off uh, <laughs> by using the thing they added or unlocked in the PC version, where if you pull up your magic menu and crouch, you go flying forward. Yeah, and since most of that game is you've been left in the Mall of America, find your way out. Yeah, um, that really did cut down the time. Of that playthrough. For sure. Thank you, uh, Marvelous. Mm-hmm. I assume you or one of the people you contracted found that option and went, yeah, we're going to have to let them use this because <laughs> this game is uh, really bad. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe they actually, this, this of all things, got a PC release. In 2018. In 2018, yeah. You like, know why? Why is that? Yeah, people like you and Jim Ratkazer, you're why. <laughs> You are absolutely 100% of the reason why. It might only be you two. <laughs> Somehow you two specifically. We're both like, I don't know, it's probably good. There's a hot witch. She's got a gun. <laughs> it's like Diet Bayonetta. 
It really is. Yeah, really, really diet. Like <laughs> Bayonetta does cool dances to do a scripted summon that looks amazing. Bullet Witch uh, kind of like <laughs> drops like she's gonna crap on the sidewalk, and then a, a, a gif of a thunderstorm <laughs> starts in the skybox, and then I'm a lightning bolt comes interested. down. <laughs> 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 and then a lightning bolt hits the, the enemies in front of you, and at one point in this game, you can do it next to a gas station, and it explodes with some Havoc physics stuff, which runs well on PC. It certainly did not on the Xbox 360. <laughs> Bullet Witch is a hell of a video game. Yeah. If that is not the worst game of this month, that means... If that is not the worst game of this theme month, uh -huh. that means one thing. Oh, no. What could that be? That means folklore is fucking terrible. <laughs> yes. That is what we, that means. We have to be ready for the I, possibility. I don't see how folklore can match it unless folklore is just like... We're out four hours in. There's 14 more hours. Right. Yeah. The, the, the allegedly the playthrough length is 14 and a half hours. And I swear to God, that's because it's a seven hour game. It's going to make us play through twice as two different characters. Yeah. Yeah. Almost certainly. Um, because I, as I've mentioned before, and it bears repeating, mm -hmm. uh, I owned folklore. Bob owned folklore. Our friend Zion own folklore and so did aggro and none of us fucking beat it and that scares the hell out of me um there was a lot of discussion of well the way the devs intended you to beat it was to play an entire story as one character and then and then replay the whole game as the other character <laughs> but the moment you do the first thing as autocon you're just like i feel like i'm missing something <laughs> i need to go back as the young lady on the cover that they actually wrote a story for instead of cool otacon who goes super <laughs> saiyan so you're playing the same levels over and over so what we launch the ps3 there was just so much other stuff to do <laughs> yes was it the launch it was like a year later wasn't it I, I don't I don't actually know. I got it with my P okay, it was 07, so it's in the first year. Okay. Yeah, it's in the it first was early. year. It wasn't launch. Yeah, I I see I didn't know. I, I didn't get a PS3 until I believe 2008, and then it came bundled. Mm. I think that's what that situation was because I didn't get a launch model PS3, though I sat in line one for one for my roommate Xeon. <laughs> uh yeah, it came with it. And I was like, this game's so fucking cool. Oh my god, why is it structured like this? I, I might be totally wrong, but I feel like the games Game Republic worked on early on, like this and Genji, look pretty nice. Run like shit. Yeah, run terribly. Yeah, they were in slow motion. But at the end of the gen, when they they have like their Death Now sort of release. Of, in 2011 yeah, with Majin, the Forsaken something. And one other game, right? They also did Knight's Night Contract. Contract, yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot they did that. Yeah, I was they did say, both of those at the same time, yeah. I think Nitron Tassel looks okay, but Majin looks like it's from a different gen. Like, it looks so lo-fi by comparison to everything else they made. Wow. It's weird. It's been a while since I've seen Majin. But yeah, maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but I remember that looking just bizarrely bad. Crazy. Yeah, these, uh, these PS3 games early on have so much visual flair. Mm-hmm. It's almost like later on they maybe uh, pulled it back a bit. A little bit. Uh, just in order to run well. 
you know, I was talking earlier today about how apparently, allegedly, uh, early development kits for the PS3 were far more ambitious than the final unit was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hilarious Ratchet & Clank developer playthrough of, uh, I think, the third Ratchet game where they talk about, yeah, there was a point in time working on Resistance that... Like all the programmers upgraded their PCs, and we're like, "Why did you get eight gigs? Of, why did you get eight gigs of RAM?" And they go, "Well, that's how much is going to be in the PS3." <laughs> 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 the most wrong we've ever been. Right. <laughs> uh there was the other moment they were like yeah there was a point working on the ps3 games you know with resistance that we were like we won't even have to use normal maps we could just make it all in geometry <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'm like holy god look the cell will take care of it it's gonna be fine it's so powerful it's it's, it's so the cell processor is really <laughs> great if only we could get it to work <laughs> yeah if only man the shared energy between ken kuraragi and george lucas <laughs> Fully, they would have told anybody but Naughty Dog how to make it work. I know, right? That was very rude of Sony to <laughs> whisper that secret into the ears of uh, Evan Wells and Christoph Balestra. Only they knew the secrets. Every they would be like, "What? The game's not running well again." Everyone leave the studio. We will fix it. <laughs> <laughs> they were the only people who could be trusted with that dark magic, which makes sense. <laughs> any other human was trusted with it they would lose their minds oh yes obviously uh yeah i'm just trying to do something simple my character needs to like react to a thing they see and turn their head towards it ah um so you're gonna want to not program any way you expect as a human okay so first peer into the sixth dimension from there you'll realize shuff b through all things through shuff b all things are possible anyways bob yeah i Oh, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I remember some anecdote, and I forget who it was. Some, I think it, it might have been, um, it might have even been buried somewhere in one of those Ratchet and Clank developer mm-hmm. commentaries, where they're like, "Uh, so when 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 I got told to 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 use the PS3 to develop for the PS3, they gave me like a two foot thick stack of technical manuals, and it's yeah. like, read these. You're not going to understand anything you're reading." Then read them a second time, and you'll yeah. start to begin to understand what you're reading. Yeah, and by the true. third or fourth time, maybe you'll begin to, to be able to do anything on PS3 at all. And the best part is, oh. part of why it won't make any sense the first time, part of that is it's broken English. All the documentation is of broken English. It is. Uh, so, mm. yeah, yeah, it's 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 rough. Uh, I've heard that anecdote from other tests. <laughs> what a good gen. Uh, but Bob, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Bullet Witch? Before people get confused and think that it plays anything like Bayonetta, it does not. <laughs> I don't want anyone to leave with that impression. Uh, Bullet Witch is a really bad third-person shooter. Is that is that not what Bayonetta is? I didn't I didn't play it myself. <laughs> no, no totally it is not. not. It's, 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 they're both totally uh, kill switch likes. <laughs> uh, the, you can't use cover. So it's just a really, really normal, normal. awful feeling third-person shooter. Normal. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's... normal bread. It's stale bunny bread <laughs> from yes. a month ago. That's not normal to eat all the time. <laughs> That's normal. It's bread-shaped. Yeah. It's third-person shooter-shaped. <laughs> yeah, that game was... Uh... Ooh. that's mm-hmm. one of the roughest games we played to completion on the channel of like didn't finish this go back <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you yeah it kind of reaches its conclusion and then it's like but we 
we can use this all we, we made this boss you didn't fight so go back and fight him yeah that, that was <laughs> fucked up because the logical emotional conclusion of all of the story and everything else movement wise flow wise everything is out here in the fucking jungle where there's a hell pit and a man threw himself into it to summon all the demons on earth mm-hmm. and it's like man what an asshole by the way this game has a one-dimensional plot it's very funny but uh they're as they're leaving the city which is once again the mall of america and you're lost in it there are no signs to let you know where you are in the mall on their way out the main character's like i have to come back to deal with this boss at some point so when the story reaches its logical conclusion we head all the way back to the city to fight this really dumb it's like the only actual boss in the game yeah it's design is so goofy. I kept expecting Grom Hellscream to come out of nowhere and start fighting with it. <laughs> Bullet Witch. Hell of a game. I guess there's the one other boss, the one on when you fight on top of a plane. Oh was, yeah. That was somewhat decent. It was the most realized thing in the game, I feel. You're probably right, depressingly <laughs> enough. But that's all I got to say about Bullet Witch. Okay. Okay. Uh, we also played Spark the Electric Jester 3. I, I mentioned the other week I already beat it. Mm -hmm. But Bob finished playing it on stream because Bullet Witch was really short. Yes. Uh, do you have anything you want to say about that? All I'm going to say is uh, Banger Soundtrack. Yeah. I, I already got my comments out yeah. like fucking last week or whatever. Uh, but man, that soundtrack's good. I need to see if it's for sale on Bandcamp or anything. Yeah, the, the movement in that game is great. I, I love playing a, a 3D Sonic game that feels, like, realized. <laughs> yeah, it sure, is, it, it, it sure there sure is this moment where you play that game, and you're just mm -hmm. like, Sega, this is one guy. This yeah. is one person. Why can't you make a Sonic game that controls like this? The game feels really well considered, I think, is the, is the way I think of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of the recent Sonic games have felt really well considered. Yeah, one thing that I was just like, I noticed while playing the stages, like, whoa, these stages feel kind of long. And then I was like, wait, no, Sonic stages are depressingly short. Yeah, the, the when you get into the boost era, a lot of them are psychotically short, like under two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only one that has like decent length stages is Unleashed because that was the last one that got any money. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's just like, Sonic is no longer... A big franchise so we're just going to cut the budget to ribbons yeah yeah touching on the the why i think it's really well considered you know that the rail system one has really smart ways of how you change rails two you have a crouch mechanic that speeds you up as you go down but slows you down as you go up right um there are a bunch of systems and moves around that even where you have an energy bar and you can burn it to go fast on a rail um if you buy that ability from the shop and there's a bunch of things where i feel like combat's realized at all and that i can't <laughs> you can't say that about hmm. but yeah i i thought it was a really great time i enjoyed it it was really cool seeing someone have a thing that wasn't radically different as a concept for a 3d sonic game mm -hmm. because we have those those are out there too uh which uh frontiers seems to take a little bit of inspiration of a what if it was wide design? You know, you're not going through a tight level. You're, yeah. Um, it's nice to see someone approach doing that sort of gameplay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Also, the ending's insane. I would never expect that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really think somebody needs to give, give them some money. Be like, make one of these that has uh, any production values. <laughs> Even still, I think it did a great job with the money it did have. It, it was all very well used. And as I said, you know, last week, I really appreciate uh, the typos giving a sort of borderline... You know, their, their first language isn't English. Let's be clear. The first, uh, Lake Feppard's first language is not English. But the typos and grammatical problems give it a sort of energy of I'm writing a story for the first time and I'm a teenager at best or at oldest. <laughs> and being that into Chuni while writing it also gives it another layer of that energy that I'm like, I just fucking love this. Like, even though it's probably written fine in their native language mm -hmm. in english it's just got a couple of fucking typos that are just so critical <laughs> it's almost like being the rock i'm without movement it's almost approaching but I, I i enjoyed the hell out of that i would really appreciate like if we get another spark and it has like real money that would be super cool 505 games publishes because <laughs> at a 505 budget you have infinitely more money than spark the electric jester 3 yeah, I have to wonder if, like, this is going to sell well enough for him to actually be able to just reinvest or what. Yeah. It also got me thinking of, like, it'd be neat to see Freedom Planet try and go 3D, but it was, it took him, like, it took them, like, five years to make another Freedom Planet 2D, so I don't know if they'd ever do it. Well, yeah. well, well it has 150 bosses that all have to be 2D sprites, so I imagine that going 3D might help with that a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to wonder. I have no idea what the development of Freedom Planet 2 looks like. I just know the opening credits has a lot of companies credit, credited. It's like six companies on Freedom Planet 2. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Didn't look into that. Probably could have asked about that, but wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was cool that they did a free update for Spark 3 for you to get all the levels from Spark 2 for free in the Spark 3 engine. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Problem is, I want to play Spark 2. So. <laughs> right. I played two levels and then went, okay, I'm going to go buy Spark 2 at some point and play it when it's not Game of the Year cram session. Yeah, I already own one and two. I just never booted them because there was some bundle deal mm -hmm. years ago. Cool. I plan to do that at some point. I hear that Spark 1 is better than Freedom Planet 1 or 2. And I feel like that's I... very possible. Mmm. Uh, when I tried free, when I tried Spark the Electric Chester one, I bounced off it real hard because it felt like it didn't have a clear idea of what it wanted to be. Uh, mm. Like it, it kind of felt like it had the Freedom Planet problem, except it's a much less polished game than Freedom Planet is. Oh, mm. it's like also it's it's also it's like it, it's it's. It is on the technical level of the Sonic fan games that Lake Fapard made, where it's like, this doesn't play well with all controllers. It's weird about screen focus. Mm. Like, it, it just has a lot of weird technical problems that you don't expect from, like, a game that you would get on Steam. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, um... Uh, no offense to Chris, and I'm sure he wouldn't take any, but feel free to voice if you do. Uh, when I had to spark the Electric Jester 3, I didn't expect my opinion to perfectly mirror his on the, it, re it feels like a very well-considered, you know, 3D Sonic. Mm -hmm. I genuinely thought, well, it'll just come off as a different thing, or it will just be different in its own way. Like, no, it genuinely feels like 
what if there was a Sonic Adventure 3? Right. What if there <laughs> yeah, was like a the, really polished one it, of those? It, it's that thing where it's like, this is how Sonic Adventure 2 controls in my head. I know it doesn't actually control this way if I go play Sonic Adventure 2. But Spark the Electric Gesture 3 is like, no, this is, yeah, this is a place like Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, I feel like the, the most similar thing will in fact be, you, you, you sure you want to use Lightspeed Dash? <laughs> Is that really what you want to do right now? Okay, go ahead. Just fuck around and find out. Yeah, I did have that break a few levels in Spark. And I'm sure it would do the same thing in Sonic Adventure Oh yeah, of course. It would, sometimes it would just not work. That's the nature of Lightspeed Dash. It's the coolest thing in the world, but it is just breaking new ways. Um, but yeah, did you, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Spark? No. Okay. Uh, well, that means we need to move on to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Bob, I've forgotten our playthrough. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you do it all in one sitting for That's, it's like 15 hours or something. 14 and a half. 14 and a half hours. This is a joke. I didn't forget our fucking playthrough. <laughs> How the fuck do you forget something you do for 14 and a half hours? Right. Bob's like, I did. Don't tell them. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land's really, really cool. There's a lot of amazing stuff in there. Um, if anyone's curious how we played it for 14 and a half hours, we were 100% in the game because I came from Kirby's Dreamline 3 and 64 where it's like you needed 100% to get the real ending. So when chat kept saying you don't need to 100% it, I took that as not them saying you don't need to 100% it to get the true ending, but mm -hmm. their usual bit of please guys, you'll kill yourselves. <laughs> so we went in 97% of the game before hitting the normal ending. And then finally it broke through that it did not matter in the last 30 minutes of our playthrough. So as I'm going through the last level going, why the fuck didn't anyone construct the full sentence of <laughs> it is not necessary to do that to get the real ending. Uh, we beat the game. That game is really, really cool. It is amazing. I'd give anything for it to run at 60. <laughs> the art style of that game is absolutely gorgeous. It is so good. Like, yes, have it run at 60, but still have every enemy more than 15 feet away from you run at 10. Yeah, the weird <laughs> thing is the art style makes it come off as claymation to my brain. <laughs> like, there's just something about it that it's like... Oh, yeah, that, that enemy's running at like 10 or 5 frames per second, and that's that's just a, an aesthetic choice. I mean, yeah, that is how it feels. It's great. Yeah, I... Uh, really good moments throughout the game. I really enjoyed it. Lots of really cool powers, and I love how you could upgrade all of them. I'm excited to go get the true ending at some point, and also check out the arena more, because we only did the first run. Mm -hmm. Um... Aside from that, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say. What about Silly Dillo? Fuck Silly Dillo. I didn't, well, what, okay. Why are you bringing up Silly Dillo? I don't want to think about Silly Dillo. <laughs> I just figured you might want to think about him. I don't know. The game of the year is going to end, and I'll hopefully never say the word Silly Dillo again in my life. Yeah, fair. That's you and Chad. I'm going to have to go filter that word. Fucking, <laughs> I don't want to see Silly Dillo and chat. Get out of here. Um, if you haven't seen that playthrough, please enjoy seven hours straight of me pitching a sitcom. Yeah, good lord. Yeah, the that that was like <laughs> peak. Dan is dying. He's dying right now. This is this is a result of of the chemicals that get released <laughs> in your brain to make to to make death peaceful. 
That explains <laughs> why he's it using takes... it to dis- he's using it to, d- to pitch a sitcom starring boomer gamer Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I woke up and there was a new channel in the Discord and I thought it's finally happened. <laughs> he snapped. Is he still alive even or was this his last dying move? <laughs> it's like, what did he write? He just wrote the word fart joke. He wrote the word wang. That was it. That's all he wrote. Anyways. Yeah, that was... I had fun. That is how I made that stream extra fun for me. Mm -hmm. As I continue to assault chat with with this mind poison. (laughs) Which is what it is for sure. Anyway. You have anything else you want to say about Kirby? Um, I don't know. Like that, That might be my favorite Kirby I've played. Maybe. Yeah, you were saying like something I'm, about like the only Kirby you've ever beaten was 64. Yeah, I beat 64 and then then I, you know, did multiplayer through Kirby Superstar, which isn't a fun time. I don't know, it was fun <laughs> for me and Eric. You, there's video evidence of that. Yes, you guys you guys <laughs> could do that. <laughs> you guys could do that. Why I, are you going to phrase it like that? What's I, that about? I also enjoyed playing as Bandana D. Yes. Because he doesn't have the Kirby movement, so I enjoyed that. Because when Kirby jumps, he gets stuck in that thing of, okay, now after you do uh, one extra jump, he's going to be in stuffed mode, where your attack <laughs> button will turn to Stop! to blowing. I guess then when he sucks on the hose and gets really full, he's a double stuff. Yes. Like a fucking Oreo. In, in, uh, with, with Spandana D, I just hit the button and he does what he always does when I hit the attack. <laughs> It doesn't feel as weird. I like Bandana Water D. Water Kirby not is really funny. Oh yeah, that <laughs> they, shit's they hilarious. Just, they just, yeah. just the, the physics they applied to the body as you move around just makes it inherently delightful. <laughs> There's so many moments of art can fit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this fucking door is too small. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that game. I enjoyed that game in a while. Like, in a way that I haven't enjoyed a Kirby in a while. Uh, you know, maybe if Star Allies was 60. Yeah, it seems like it just was so much more put together than the ones we'd played recently, like Star Allies. And um, I guess I played Epic Yarn, which obviously isn't. I mean, that's not even a Kirby game. They changed it at the last minute, apparently. Right. Man, Star Allies just sucked. That's <laughs> what I heard from everyone. And based on the demo, I was like walking away from that with an energy of, ah, it's kind of disappointing. I'll see what everyone thinks that everyone was like, it's fine. Everyone being Eric. I feel like Eric said it's I'm, fine. And that's code for. It was this, bad. This, but I don't want to say it. This is a Kirby game I enjoyed. Maybe you won't, Dan. I'm I'm glad that Kirby now this year got the or in 2022 got the got the switch thing of no, here's a game that is in strong contention for best in the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels great. It feels great that Nintendo's consistently doing that, right? It feels great that Nintendo has been doing that with their whole portfolio. I wish there were other companies who are platform holders in this industry would review their catalog of games they've been turning out over the last 10 years and turn out the best version of those. Now, Dan, God of War Ragnarok is obviously the best God of War game. It's just that it's the only franchise from back then that they're still making. Right. Which is why I'm talking about Microsoft and Gears and Halo specifically. <laughs> oh, man, imagine if a new Ape Escape came out that was just obviously the best Ape Escape. That would be incredible. 
the I, the worst part i can easily imagine that in the worst part they would make a psvr2 and i would never shut up about no you need to get this this is the best thing ever yeah ratchet and clank rift is like it's not you it's not the best of the series but it feels like it's one step away from it i feel like i mean you can see it in our scores mm-hmm. uh ratchet clank rift apart is not like the best in any one particular sense other than fidelity right of course but it is an absolutely amazing experience and i think the next fucking ratchet absolutely could be the best in the series yeah it really did have that this is the first one on a new gen boy what a solid foundation for next time i know it sure went a lot better than tools of destruction (laughs) if that like (laughs) oh man if you just need they just need to make another one and have four times the arena content Mm -hmm. yup yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rift Apart. I often think back on Rift Apart and how it's crazy awesome we got that in the first year the PS5 was out. Like, uh, that first year is a pretty good lineup. If not for Gran Turismo 7, I would have felt like everything since Rift Apart's kind of been like, we're, we're the games. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I love Gran Turismo 7. And I can say, I think, rather objectively... Most people seem to really like this God of War Ragnarok game I've beaten, but heard so much about. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, so I beat God of War Ragnarok. I don't think I did that before last big thing. I don't, yeah, you, you probably didn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a Monday. Sunday-Monday sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about that. Because the stuff I'm interested in talking about is really spoilers these specific moments. <laughs> um... And that game's an eternity long. <laughs> so no one has had any time to get that far in that game. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. I really like how they fleshed out the dwarves. They mm. wrote so much more depth to every character in God of War 2018 and made them absolutely delightful. Yeah, like Brock gets probably my favorite moment in the entire story. Yes. When he gets to do the blessing. Mm-hmm. He's good. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, I, I remember at some point in the middle of the game, I thought, wow, there, there were characters in the last one, but now it's like there's this <laughs> cast of characters. Right. <laughs> yeah, that really is the difference, and it's kind of insane. Uh, I think as an, like, when you, when I contrast God of War 2018 and Ragnarok, The only lens through which I can say 2018 comes out ahead is the novelty of the experience and the world. That is that is it, I feel. Mm -hmm. Because the combat's better in Ragnarok. The content is better, like a lot of it. There's so much of it too. And as the you know, as Agro just said, the the fucking huge amount of fleshing out characters and making a full fleshed out cast Mm -hmm. is amazing. Uh, but that's basically all I want to say about that. Other than it was pretty funny when Bear McCreary showed up to play the Herd of Gertie. <laughs> and I'm like, is that? And then I look at the credits and it's like, yep, one of the two Herdy Gertie players is Bear McCreary, which is also this character. He he glitched out on my playthrough. <laughs> uh huh. So he was saying stuff from the very beginning of the game. At the end? At the end, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I go oh. in, he says that, I leave and come back, and he says, switches immediately to the end of the game dialogue. I was like, 
Okay. All right. <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> I was going to say, this has been the glitchiest game I've played through recently. Oh, yeah. 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 There were plenty of just weird moments mm -hmm. and things, which is amazing because, you know, Xenoblade 3 doesn't have glitches. It just has allies that walk off a cliff in the middle of battle. <laughs> Or get stuck on the smallest little hill and like, I can't help you. It's I can't help you in this battle. You've gone too far, Noah. <laughs> that, is the, that is a hill too far, Noah. And it's like, it's yeah, not a I've hill, it's a rock. <laughs> Step over I've it. I've definitely been like, why am I getting chewed into pieces? And it's like, oh, my entire party is on the other side of that four foot ledge because they pulled out their weapons, which deletes your ability to jump. It's, yes. it's like you just took a step up onto the curb and your entire party is watching you die from the wheelchair accessible ramp. And they can't figure out, continue to walk up the ramp and go around. They're just like, no. <laughs> um, aside from that, I think that's it. I think that's all I want to say about God of War Ragnarok. Did anyone else want to throw out a comment here before we move on? No. See, here's the funny uh, thing, uh, listener. Uh, we, we don't have a lot of news this week, so we could spend a lot of time in this segment, but... It's true. Eh. Uh, uh, when when you got dropped near, I stood up and fucking pointed to the sky. Because <laughs> getting a cool spear had been uh -huh. something I wanted since that second PSP game. And I think yes. at some point during god of war month i even say man i'd love for them to bring back the spear but they'll yeah. never do that i swear <laughs> that is I in the chat <laughs> i swear you can watch our fucking stream and see that see chris being like that'd be awesome i'm like yeah that would be awesome <laughs> what's yeah, awesome like, sindri just goes oh go get drop near and i shit <laughs> what the fuck kind of weapon are you gonna make out of that right <laughs> so good <laughs> Um. Oh, and uh, because I'm Dan Video Games, and I think this is legally what I'm compelled to do, I have to say a random technical criticism of a game before I can move on. So oh, okay, go here for we it. go. I do not think the HDR in God of War Ragnarok looks as good as Horizon or Gran Turismo 7. That means nothing to anyone out there, <laughs> because none of you are... <laughs> colorists or fucking <laughs> that's that's such a like i i don't think i don't think this immaculate birthday cake is quite as good as this <laughs> other immaculate wedding cake <laughs> yeah yeah basically um yeah that's a that's a we can move on uh hey bob hey did you did you play i played some stuff i did too but i'll let you go first sure i played more of kamiwaza way of the Sea. I was super hyped for this last week uh -huh. after doing one playthrough. Uh huh. Doing a second playthrough has informed me that there is almost no variables you can change in this game. So it's really bad because of that. Like it's like one playthrough is all it really feels like it's worth doing because I got it's that for storyline and yeah. they changed like two cutscenes and all the boss fights were the same. That's really unfortunate for people who aren't familiar with this this developer, this type of game from them, uh, Way of the Samurai is like the first thing they made like this. Mm -hmm. The idea is it's like an, an interactive story where your decisions actually matter. And this was like one of the few games that ever pulled it off. And as that series went, you there was less interaction and less change. So it's like kind of 
It's kind of depressing to hear Kamiwaza has even less than any of those. Yeah, it's worse than any way of the samurai game about this. Because, like, the first way of samurai, and then they keep this up in most of them, of they have three really clear factions, and you can join them mm -hmm. by doing different events. Kamiwaza doesn't. There's like You're just no, some asshole. Yeah, you're just this guy, and you <laughs> seem to have only one thing you can do. And the game's always giving you goalposts of, okay, do this to figure this cutscene. And there's almost no way to change them as far as I can tell. Huh. It's like different endings for if you leave, if your daughter is fully recovered, still or mostly recovered or not recovered at you, all. You just described Metroid. <laughs> or it's like, how fast did you do it? What's Basic, the percent? Basically. So what? You, you do the best thing and, and your, your daughter's in a different outfit? Is that the... <laughs> <laughs> and it plays triumphant space music. <laughs> Man, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And then then it causes like making her well causes other characters in the story to just disappear. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Which is like I was only well, interested in you for your sick daughter. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I'm into Munchausen by proxy. I was feeding your daughter ground up glass. I have Whoa! to go. <laughs> Yeah, you have to leave now because I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, so that was really unfortunate. Uh, Bob, do you think this game might be enhanced if I don't know someday AI could make the game for us? <laughs> no. Huh. Weird, right? Yeah, that's pretty strange. Lots of smart people say that. <laughs> I'm told. Is, is, I'm is told that they're the right smart. Category of person. Yeah, absolutely. They. To <laughs> yeah, they told me they were smart, and that this was definitely happening. <laughs> Please look forward to the news. I also played Axiom Verge 2 because it went on PlayStation Plus. Oh no, and where's Dan going? What's happening? I was just looking for a great time to not give a shit, Bob. Thank you for the heads up. All right. Yeah. You had fun talking to them. How, how does it compare to Metroid Dread? <laughs> oh my god, that is not fair. Good lord. Well, it's trying to be Metroid. It, it brought this upon itself. The funny thing is this time it's not directly just being a Metroid game. It is very much more a Metroidvania this time where you have melee weapons and you have stats that you boost. But you don't get stats from just killing stuff. You find stat upgrades in the environment and get to choose what you put them on. So like more attack damage for melee weapons or for ranged weapons or with more health. Um, so yeah, it has a lot more in terms of like actually customizing how you you progress your character which is neat i definitely like it more than the first one but the graphics are still pretty rough um it's really hard to tell the difference between platforms and just background element pretty frequently which isn't great and this writer still should not write ever Yeah, I I don't know anyone who remembers if anyone remembers the first game, but oh man, that's just about some like obvious self insert super genius scientist, and it's very very convinced that it's very smart. In this one, you play as uh, a hyper rich CEO who just did a a totally epic corporate buyout to get this. Um, a, a, a 
particle generator or something. It's something that causes dimensional rifts. Yeah. So then she gets caught up in it and goes through it. Mm-hmm. And, and she's her almost all her dialogue is I'm very smart. And, okay. Okay. <laughs> and you should help me get back to the regular world. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really rad. Like the writing's horrible, but I'm actually kind of enjoying the game, even though a lot of it is like well. Symphony Night's too easy. I make a hard uh, video game. Uh, I was trying to think about how I'd describe the tone of the cringe that is the first Axiom version. My opinion, it feels like Sauceless Invader Zim tries to shift to be more serious sci-fi. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best way of putting it. You're basically playing as Zim's dad, or no, you're not. You're playing as Dib's dad, but like not, not even an ounce of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's the way I would describe that. Uh, so Bob, what is your experience coming out of Axiom Verge 2? How much of it did you play? What, like an hour? I two played hours? like a couple hours, yeah. Okay, well, is better than one in your opinion? Worse than one? Yeah, I think it's a lot better than one. Okay. Uh, because it has those progression elements to your character. And the the mix of melee and, and long range weapons does help, but it it's way too like your hip, your your weapons don't have much knockback, so a lot of enemies will just run through you, mm. and it's really annoying. Like in that way, that's part of the way where it's like, oh yeah, this is, it's going to be tough. Is in it's going to be annoying. <laughs> Does it have um a melee focus to the weapons or a range focus still? Yeah, it's more the melee focus because they've added the melee weapons. Okay, um, wow. I got a like a pickaxe, which is really short range, and and a boomerang. Mm-hmm. So you can't show the boomerang out that fast because it has to come back to you. Mm-hmm. And then you still get um, that thing where you throw something and it turns into a bug you move around. Oh, yeah, that. I uh, remember that. But it seems like some of the traversal elements are going to be a lot less annoying. Like, I've got some already. There's like, okay, you can climb ledges now. Instead of it being like the the worst version of traversal imaginable where the last game was okay you show this it bounces three times and then you can roll like i, I can't remember but every every traversal item in axiom verge one is like just super annoying and not fun to use at all whereas this is like okay i want to be able to get get to higher places i can now climb ledges mm-hmm. i don't need to like place some bizarre throw arc to do it okay um but yeah i'm I might keep playing it. It's okay. got a neat style to it. You now are collecting um, power-ups in the form of these jars that break open and have basically genies inside them that you that absorb into you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's neat. It, it's, again, like, hampered by the writing of it. Like, this is something cool. Why are you making them just seem so normal? Mm. Yeah. But that's it. That's okay. all I got to say about it. I also booted up uh, Gran Turismo 7. That's a video game. Played more of that. Uh-huh. Still really neat. I-, I turned around in my chair and saw a car on a screen. I was like, holy shit, that game looks amazing. I forgot. Right. It's been a bit since I booted it. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's everything I played. Okay. Uh, I played Rogue Legacy 2 finally. Whoa. Rogue Ooh. Legacy 2 sure takes the framework of Rogue Legacy 1 and adds a million awesome systems for progression on top of that. For example, for people who don't know, Rogue Legacy is a game where you venture into a castle that's ever-shifting like Castle Dracula. 
and you need to find the bosses of each of the areas, defeat them to open a door. You randomly generate your descendants. You get a choice from three of them. Your descendants have genetic traits, like they're colorblind, or they're a different class. Uh, in this case, this game actually eventually, like within a short order of time, unlocks experience for the classes. So the more you head into the castle with an individual class, the more you will upgrade that class, which will give you stat boosts, such as you can increase your weight capacity. Weight capacity is a new system. Weight capacity will literally, if you have a, t if you, <clears throat> tell me if you've heard this before. So you can be encumbered. Mm-hmm. And your encumbrance will affect your resolve. Your resolve's low enough, it will lower your max HP. So oh, the, they're not going to affect your animations. They're not going to affect your uh, movement speed or anything else. But uh, you create, you increase your max weight capacity, and you go in relatively light, and you will have a neat little stat buff. As you pick up things in the uh, castle itself, you get a choice between two different things every time. Where it's like, you can get this item with these pluses and these minuses, or this other one, and they will have different costs for resolve. So you can go in with light equipment, because there is now equipment. Weird. Which was not in Rogue Legacy 1. And you can get, uh, just burn through your resolve to pick up better items. Like, you know, you could have a choice between an item that, I'm trying to think of specific specifics on what they would do. But they're just, you know, pluses and minuses to one, pluses and minuses to the other. And you can be like, this one's really appealing, but I'm kind of low on resolve. So if I start crashing below a certain percent, I will start losing max HP. Mm -hmm. uh, they also have uh, an equivalent system in the form of a tree that bears fruit. One of the fruit will heal you for a decent amount of health. I believe it's a third of your health bar and also some MP. Or you can take 100 damage and some and increase your max HP. They offer you a lot of these options, which are, do you want to heal up or just have better potential for a better run? Mm -hmm. um, very quickly, you can get to a point where killing enemies will heal you one HP. So you can very easily see yourself in a situation where you want to buff your max HP and you can you can make it back, hopefully, <laughs> uh, if you do it correctly. I came across an item that was like, hey, do this much damage and I will increase the total percent of gold you have. And I had done everything I feasibly saw myself doing on that run. Like, past there was like, yeah, I'm really going to walk into the bus room at 20% HP and own his ass. Yeah. This guy I've never beat before. So I picked that shit up and killed myself. <laughs> uh, that was a good run. That got me a shitload of money. Um, this game's really good. It's really, really good. It feels a lot more responsive even than the first one did, which was already pretty responsive feeling. Mm -hmm. um, it runs at higher frame rates, which feels pretty great. I'm playing it on PC, by the way. Uh, okay. Does it fix that thing where you turn around and you're yes. sprite? Okay. <laughs> I have not had a situation where I turned around and my back extended further than I looked forward in the opposite direction, so I got hurt. Right. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Which I, for people who have not seen the Rogue Legacy review, please go watch the Rogue Legacy review. But also, I literally show the clip where I'm staring at a, at a spike wall in the game. And I go to turn and move away, and I take the hit. My back hits the spike wall. Yeah, Rahab and chat. <laughs> go watch like the Rogue Legacy. like you pivot on your front foot. 
Yeah, basically, right? You're doing the weirdest about face because you're on your toes instead of your it's heel. Like, it's like it's like your head stays in the same spot. You just swing your entire body around into the spike wall. Um, But yeah, I really enjoy this game. There's a lot of really neat stuff going on. They actually have small little pocket dimensions um, of multiple different types. So I couldn't even tell you the exact one that... uh. There's no one descriptor for what this pocket dimension might be because there are multiple types of these. But these pocket dimensions are like crafted sort of micro levels that it's a challenge. And when you beat that challenge, you unlock the thing or you get the buff or you get this extra long term. Like eventually you start being able to find scars in the castle, which are like horribly scarred souls as a concept. And when you take them out of the castle, when they get removed and put elsewhere with time noids, as I'm calling them, but they're, they probably gave me a proper noun, but it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, you can do those challenges to basically remove the scar's guilt or remove its hang up to just purify it. There are different goals on that micro level of like, you know, do it with this sort of proficiency and you get this score, you get a cold you get a silver, you get a bronze. But either way, you get 100 souls, which is a different currency they've added in this game oh, to God. spend at the Time Noid shop. Uh, lots of really cool things in this game. Re really, really enjoyable. I didn't expect this to be such a good follow-up to Rogue Legacy 1. Rogue Legacy 1 is a game I felt never needed a sequel. But they <laughs> did a fantastic job here. Uh, one of the things they tried to do, but then I told them no... Uh, instead of hitting L2 to dash to the left and R2 to dash to the right like they did in Rogue Legacy 1, they're like, there is now a dash button. Just face the direction you want and dash that way. It is one button. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That makes sense. But no, no, I'm, I, I need to be able to back dash out of a hit in a very specific way. No, that's not what we're <laughs> doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's uh, I'm enjoying my time with Rogue Legacy 2. I beat the first area and, and, and did a decent bit of the second area in like two hours. I would have done it faster if I understood some small thing, but that doesn't matter. But yeah, aside from that, I don't really have much else to say about Rogue Legacy 2. What else did I play? I played something else. Oh yeah, I remembered that I didn't say enough about Punchwin last week. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, Punchwin's amazing. It's a puzzle platformer made by the people who made The Tourist and also Fast RMX, very small dev called Shinin Multimedia. Uh, or Shinin something else. Anyways, really good Switch exclusive, kind of pricey. It's $15, but it's literally one of the only puzzle games I've ever seen, like I've ever played where you have the mascot character in the puzzle playfield, and it's really good still. Because Wario's Woods is like the number one example of puzzle game with a person in it. But it, there, there are just a number of ways Wario Wood, Wario's Woods controls that's just not good. Like at all. Like, Bob, have you ever played Wario's Woods? I don't think so. Okay. I think you've booted it and have been like, a, it's a puzzle game I don't want to play. <laughs> now, is that a causal statement? It's a puzzle game colon. I don't want to play. Or is it all one nested? <laughs> it's a puzzle game I don't want to play. I guess it's the second one. Oh, okay. It's lying. Um, name a puzzle game you like other than Tetris. Let's do that. Blue Mines. Yeah, that's... I, I, Luminous it, is really good. This is really good. One might argue it's also kind of 
But anyway, Tetris adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really. Bob, how 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 big a fan are you or the pack of the Pac-Man puzzle game on the Super Nintendo? Pack Attack. It. Oh, it's so it's so good. Chat, tell him how good it is in the comments <laughs> and right now. Anyway, um, I think that's. I think that's it. I think that's all I played. I'm gonna say that's all I played for now. Okay, I'm gonna double check on Steam while other people talk about their business. Hey, Chris, what you been playing? Uh, I played several things. First, I finished Xenoblade Three. I'm done. <laughs> Congratulations! Yippee! I don't think it's as good as one. That's where I'm sitting now. So, so you're saying you wished it was what more? Is there like a particular adjective you wish would describe uh, it? I wish, I wish the villains didn't all suck shit. <laughs> There's something about how lame they are that grows on me. The longer <laughs> I think about it. See, it's the opposite to me because I just think of all the really incredibly cool things they could have done with like what they are. Mm hmm. And instead, they're just nothing. <laughs> you don't want to see Noah break his way into a broom closet and start fighting brooms? <laughs> like, Metal Face and Xenoblade 1 clears them all easy. Yeah, like, in terms yeah, he's of really good. being memorable, having a reason he's doing things, mm -hmm. and having any amount of personality at all. Meanwhile, in this game, I didn't do a side quest, so one of the a main antagonists who show up in main story cutscenes vanishes. Because I was like, where did this character go? They just didn't show up ever again. It's like, oh, if you do this side quest, they show up in the last dungeon and you kill them. Oh. Huh. Oh. <laughs> like, there's a villain who escapes... And so you can fight him again in the final dungeon, but he there's no cutscene. You just kill him and he falls over and turns into sparkles. Yeah, that's basically how that went for me. Bob. Yeah, that, that yeah. happens. I thought the game was broken. <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently, like, there's this enormous rant he goes on that all your characters respond to, but it's not subtitled, even though other ambient dialogue is subtitled and the audio mixing is so bad you can't hear it at all. Yeah. It's just, man, like... It really drags it down for me that the villains are so bad. Understandable. I really get it. Um, like, the most interesting member of Mobius is, is the one that joins you in a side quest. Mm. That being uh, the, the hero character, Triton. Hmm, yes. Yeah, that guy's pretty neat. Yes, that's Like, it'd be cool, it'd be cool if, <laughs> it'd be cool if, any of them had that like what was going on there like this game seems to have a real fucking problem with doing too much like i don't think we needed 26 hero characters probably not but probably i not, I, yeah. I feel like that's what made me like the game more though like a lot of their stories were neat especially a um, lot of them were neat but a lot of them were also just kind of nothing and i would have liked the neater ones to have more focus on them yeah that and 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 like there's more heroes than the hero characters than there are villains and the villains are just so nothing <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Like no, they no, you're right. They have this whole cutscene where these two villains are like, "This is our true power. What, what you use is the cuck version." And then one other one other set of characters do that, and, no, and none of the main antagonists do. It's just a thing they bring up to establish one thing so they can revisit it one time. Yeah, it feels like even that time it isn't actually that good though. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost a joke of like they think it's way better, but it's not, and clearly isn't. And mm. Mobius D sucks. I I audibly groaned when they showed his terrible fucking backstory, which happens 15 seconds before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> but even that, it's like this sucks. Who thought this was good? And I also rolled my eyes because he uses he uses the exact same weapon as another character in Xenoblade, who is so much more has so much more drip as a villain. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what, what, why are you deliberately? I I get that this is the culmination of the whole Xenoblade franchise, and you have to constantly do the it's poetry, it rhymes shit. I understand that. Don't compare a pretty well executed character to this character that is nothing. Yeah, when they tried to even start to sell D near the end there, it was just confusing. Like, it was like, why are you doing this? Like, uh, other than in, they all just kind of have nothing going on. Mm-hmm. E- even, even the main antagonist just kind of is like, I- I'm here to be just distant enough that I can give my existentialism JRPG villain speech. Which is which is cool and all, but it would be a little have a little more impact if he was a character at all. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> also, I, like I, I said, I, I no, was going to say, I was going to say, I really agree with a lot of what you're saying. I said similar things to Bob mm-hmm. uh, when he got far enough where I felt comfortable saying it at all. Um, that is maybe part of where the really underscored feeling of. What would win half of Mobius or th- this bird really sells it not just as a raw JRPG thing, but kind of like that's how it comes across. <laughs> uh, it it would have benefited a lot from a much stronger cast from the antagonist, and I think that goes for everyone but yeah, one character, I, obviously. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it really bothers me because I play I've played so many JRPGs. It's like. The villain squad should not be something you're fumbling on. You have 30 years of history to make these guys. It's it's like not difficult. Mm-hmm. You have five or six guys that look cool and you give them a connection to beef with or parallels to your party. And you mm-hmm. don't have them job too hard. But it's like they had one. They had one guy. I, I still think there's something admirable about having this many job this hard. <laughs> Bob's like, this is the best stand-up routine I've ever seen. Like, it gets that benefit, whereas, say, Organization 13, those guys just won't die. Mm-hmm. These dudes will just die. These guys will keel but, over over nothing. <laughs> but, even, but honestly, I feel like that even works against the story a little bit, because it's like, what, why, like, at some point, 
Mobius has been clowned on so hard they begin to lose credibility as the antagonist organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they start to degrade down into being Team Rocket in the Pokemon anime. Yes, a little bit, yeah. But, but Team Rocket isn't the primary antagonist. Uh, there's a certain energy of how much does this facilitate the idea of them being an analog for the rich? Does this work even more effectively, right? Mm -hmm. Where they think the I, most of themselves possible and then you engage them and they're just like, no! I see, but like my stance on that is always if, if your clever theming made something bad, Mm -hmm. You probably should have just not done the theming in that instance. And I think you could have done the theming, that exact type of theming, and made them characters. Yes. They, like they, they could be more fleshed out, they, yeah. They didn't need to be, like, intimidating, even. They just needed to have anything going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, uh, okay, uh, the, 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 these are some Xenoblade spoilers. I'm not going to go too into deep to it, but this is just a scenario. It's like, okay, you escaped this cycle of life and death and rebirth. You're now basically. Oh shit! When I when I cut to the spoiler screen, it apparently cut you cut you off. Well, that kind of worked. Uh, would you okay, like you to say it again on the record? <laughs> <laughs> now that the now that the spoiler screen is up, sorry about that. That was not uh, there's intentional. Just, there's just all these scenes early on where they try really like hard to sell this these guys as an organization. Hmm. And then those just kind of stop. And then and, and, and it, it like stopped before you got any backstory on any of these characters and then none of them have backstory. Yeah, I think a really good way to, 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 to convey it and works as a perfect parallel. So, you know, when you watch a TV show and they have the whole we set up the thing and someday you will find out the thing. And then you get to the end of the TV show and it's like, man, they really didn't think through the thing. Mm -hmm. Feels like that. But it's all contained in one JRPG. Yeah, it's like I'm just thinking of like what came to mind to me a lot is uh, the 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 admirals in skies of arcadia because mm. you have like the evil empire and that they, where they have like the six admirals and those characters all have really they aren't super fleshed out but they have strong personality traits cool designs and you engage most of them more than once so they're they're memorable characters like the guy vigaro who's constantly talking about how strong he is and how much chicks love him, but he's fucking stupid. Hmm. Or you have a guy who wears a fishbowl for a head and is, uh, and is the evil scientist. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the Mobius characters, except for one, except for one, like, don't have any roles in the organization. Right. Yeah. No, they... They don't. Yeah, the organization doesn't really do anything, per se. <laughs> <laughs> it's so almost it just, like it, they're trust fund kids <laughs> it just kind of drug it down for me uh also i just think the world in xenoblade one is cooler because like i said like you don't get the the dinosaur zone or the uh <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of parallels but all the biomes in xenoblade 3 feel a lot more sober than the ones in in the original mm -hmm. and it's just and it's just not quite as interesting to go through all of them I still really liked it, but it's just like, man, it's it's not as good as Xenoblade One. I, 
I, I can't even say for sure if the combat is better because I, it might just be more streamlined and that's not exactly the same thing. Yeah, Bob, you, you've played both. Do you have any opinions? Yeah, I also think the story in one is definitely better. Um, but yeah, as far as combat goes, I need to go back to one again to be sure it's better. Like Chris is saying, it might like, just be more streamlined. But yeah, because it's like, I, I'm kind of like, neither is particularly challenging. So I'm like, it's, it's, it, it most is like the difference between a C and a C plus for me. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm like, the, all they've done to optimize this combat system has just made me not, like, it's not getting to the point where I, I'm fine with it. Like, that's just not as good as turn-based combat, even close. So all these little alterations don't really do much to help it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's uh, when the battles get harder, it's less about technically overcoming them and more about they just take longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't um, think there's compelling tactical thought procedures I went through in the game, really. No. It, there, it, there's things I'm constantly engaging with, but that doesn't make it mentally stimulating. And a lot of times, if it's a harder battle, it's really... It's not even the thing of just, it'll take forever. It'll a lot of times be like, it's harder because it kills you instantly. And there's no way to overcome it. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, well, yeah, yeah. yeah you, I mean, you, that's the thing. It's not... You never hit the battle that's harder. You hit the battle that's impossible exactly. because of a level gap. Right. Which that's I feel yeah. like in, 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 typically in turn-based RPGs, you can't overcome a level gap. I don't know. Not Sometimes like you, you run into a thing and it just fucking hits you dead. Yes. Like a lot of games do that. Right. But, but it's not as common as it is in this. Well, well normally there's a gradient mm -hmm. because, of course, there's a way you can overcome things right. through strategy. Whereas in this, it's like either the battle's possible or you're just dead. Right. And trying to and run I, and failing at that and being killed. And in, in Xenoblade 1, I know there's some insane bullshit people can do. And it feels like they streamlined that out of this one. Because mm -hmm. I remember people being like, oh, I, I built Dunban like this and you cannot hit him. His <laughs> dodge is too high for enemies to hit him. And since he's the tank, you could just clear anything. But like, I found myself thinking of Final Fantasy 14 a lot with the combat system because that's an MMO. Right, mm -hmm. so it's you know, a good it's parallel. A type. And the way Final Fantasy XIV makes its stuff engaging is the enemies are going to put AOE markers all over and you have to move back and forth to dodge them. Mm -hmm. And they introduce that mechanic in Xenoblade 3 and then basically never use it. Yeah, it's there, but I don't know how critical it was to engage with, really. I didn't see it happen on a lot of stuff later yeah, on. Yeah, they like put a, a circle on the ground, and it's like, oh, you got hit for some damage. Yeah, but like, it happens so infrequently. I don't, yeah. And I, like, I think that would have been a good way to make this kind of thing more engaging, where it's like, it's not so much just hitting the buttons or level gaps. It's like, no, you're, you're actually dodging these attacks. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know... Because I, I just imagine, like, yeah, it'd be really easy to just look at Final Fantasy XIV and steal a lot of these boss patterns mm -hmm. and have it happen. I feel like there's not even a lot of bosses that summon, like, guys that you have to manage. It, it just feels like most times, like, I'm a big guy who does attacks. I'm indistinguishable from most of the other bosses in this game. Also, changing targets is really annoying in this game. Because you just get yes. L and R, and it's, a, it's really unclear where it's going to go next, and it's all in a massive pile of different UI, I, so it's hard I to think see which the, one's Yeah, selecting. I think in the options, you can change it to be like, 
uh, if I hit the target button and I'm fucking looking at a thing, obviously I want that to be the thing I'm targeting, but it's off by default. Why would it be off by default? <sighs> yeah, because it seemed like it would cycle to something that was nowhere near me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is one of those things where I'm like, guys, vanilla World of Warcraft in 2004 was more sober with its targeting. Yeah, it, it reminded me of PS2 games. A little bit with that. Fair. Yeah. Um, did you have any comments to wrap up your feelings on Xenoblade 3? I really would like them to do something that isn't this colossal open world thing next time. Just don't call it, you don't have to call it Xenoblade. That can remain the open world franchise. Just, just, just as a change of pace, make a different Xeno franchise. It would be cool. I think it would be cool. I mean, that last area is clearly not structured by a like a giant open world thing. So it'd be really cool to see them do. I feel like the first game had more of those. Really? Yeah. Like yeah, I the was first really game, weird. The out. first game had huh. a couple done. Had had like a fair amount of like, no, you're going through a linear path in this dungeon. Yeah. Whereas this and, and really didn't. This game has like maybe three things like that. Yeah, and I I real I have to play Xenoblade Two now to compare. Okay, because it because it was funny to to wake up a certain character, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, you act entirely differently from every other character in Xenoblade Three. Yeah, I'm interested in some of that, but uh, I would probably but you know I'm I'm certain I'll I'll probably play it on my PC via yuzu because i don't <laughs> want it to go down to 244p because they hadn't figured out how to make the work the switch yet yeah yeah I, I actually have of all the switch games i've seen in uh yuzu i have not seen that one mm. and i would be really interested in seeing what that game looks like at a respectable resolution xenoblade 2 right uh, and one last thing there's mm -hmm. a really cool moment in a late game boss fight where it's it's the JRPG thing where you do all your big attacks. They pace it in the worst way possible. So I'm like, why didn't you just have them all happen at once instead of making me do it like four times? Please, chain attacks take so long. <laughs> I told Bob, you just start the chain attack and then you set it to auto mode. And then you go do your laundry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I played... That, that's all I have to say about Xenoblade Okay, 3. I was going to say, did you play anything else? Yes, I did. I played Dark Forces. Ooh. Star like Wars Dark Forces. Oh my god. <laughs> yes! Like, because, uh, because, because the Force engine came out in the past couple weeks. Okay, cool. Which we is the, have to play that version. Uh, which is, which is, the, um, which is the, the source port for Dark Forces, so it'll run on modern machines at modern resolutions and stuff. That game's neat. I don't think it's that great. Um, that sure is Doom 1 with less weapons and enemies, but Star Wars music. <laughs> That's Star Wars music, though. Yeah. I feel like I played the PS1 version of Dark Forces, so I played a pretty different game. But... Yeah, that thing is a mess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I played True Dark Forces on PC and... I think I was really bad at shooters back then, so I probably used cheats to get through. But Dark Troopers are raw. <laughs> they are, though they're very cool. 
The I EU like, came uh, up with a ton of cool things Star Wars could do <laughs> that it just didn't. Yeah. They put the Dark the Troopers play. in freaking Ma the Mandalorian. Oh yeah. The Dark oh. Troopers are in um are in Jedi Fallen Order, I'm pretty sure. I think that's right. I think they're they're called purge troopers in that, but they're dark troopers. Yeah, they have yes. the big armor and the jetpacks and everything. Mm-hmm. It just so it's took... one, I guess it's one of those things that so that uh not Sony that Disney tweaked when they took over the franchise. It it took it took twenty six years, <laughs> but it happened. Uh, I also played this game called False Skies. I was given this game for free by its developer, uh, Twitter user Phoenix, who uh, F E E N I C K S. Oh, I know that person. Uh, it is a viewers. it is a turn based RPG. It is in the style of. I would say Super Game Boy Palette Game Boy game. Mm hmm. Like it, it even has the uh, like the borders. Like I took I took a couple screenshots, but Steam saves screenshots to dumb places, so I don't have them. Okay. Um, it's pretty neat. It keeps to the aesthetic really well. It has it like the music too. Uh, has a pretty simple like Game Boy JRPG story but it has a bunch of classes and it almost works on like a Dungeons and Dragons type party system where it's like, no, you go to the counter and hire party members from specific classes and you can put them in reserve and bring them back out. Hmm. Uh, I've only played like three-ish uh, hours of it, uh, but but it's nice to play a turn-based RPG and I'm like, here's, here's, yeah, see, that that's pretty much how it looks. So you can see the Game Boy energy. Yeah, the individual sprites are Game Boy Color Limited. Uh, the As you can see, though, the whole screen is not. <laughs> uh, but it's nice to play a JRPG where bu I can buff and debuff enemies and it works. Well. And it, and it also clearly tells me numbers, which is something that I always have had problems with with JRPGs not doing. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, this increases your defense. I'm like, by how much? Yes. And this is just like, it increases your defense by 50% of your defense value. I'm like, oh, now I know. Thank you. Yeah, I saw but Phoenix talking about sending us a code for that. I was like, I would ask about yeah. Game of the Year Cram. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm probably going to finish it slowly because I have so many, there's so many other things constantly, always. Mm -hmm. No, this year has hardly got any video games. <laughs> uh, but that is called False Skies. You can check it out if you want. It's on Steam. Uh, it, it, it's so devoted to it that, like, I, don't, I have no idea if this was made in RPG Maker because it doesn't seem like it at all. I'm pointing at the fucking name because I see people in uh, chat asking, what oh, is the okay. name? And I'm like, up there. False skies. <laughs> False skies. Do you know? Okay. Ooh. I played one other. I, pl I played one other thing. We got to start doing this like radio ads. <laughs> False skies. That's right. This Sunday coming to Steam. I know what you played. <laughs> I started my streams of Banjo Tooie. <sighs> 
Why did they do that? Why did they do what they did? Like it, it, it hasn't it hasn't even gotten to the point where I'm in pain yet. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what? Because it's almost a normal sequel to Banjo Kazooie, but then they just like. What if we put three doors in front of other jiggies and all you have to do to unlock them is go all the way back and forth across the stage three times? Yeah. Well, take longer. <laughs> yeah, that that game not only has like a scope creep problem from Banjo-Kazooie, um, the amount of steps they require from you as a player to get a single jiggy starts to make you lose your mind mm-hmm. if you've normalized through Donkey Kong 64 and Banjo-Kazooie and other collect-a-thons. Like, okay, I should get it about this clip. And then, what was it? I think you were three hours into the stream and it was like 10 minutes to get a jiggy or something yeah, is what like, it felt it's like. Yeah, it's like I, I was getting around 10, uh, 10 minutes per jiggy, which is, it, and if, I was doing things that would be more okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, you need you need to go turn into the money truck from Humble Wumba to open this door. No, wait, that is wrong. It is you need Mumbo to use his magic to power this generator to open this door. Okay, you go through the door. This door has a mini game in it, but you gotta fucking play to play the mini game, dipshit. So go to Humble Wumba, turn into the money van and come put money in the box. Now, you can't play the minigames as the money van. You have to go back to Humble Wumba and turn into Banjo-Kazooie, and then you can fucking play the minigame. It's yeah. one of those situations where a developer needs someone stalking the halls with a stiff, ashen <laughs> stick. <laughs> also, <laughs> did, did you get to the dinosaur world yet? No, I have not. I got through uh, the first three worlds. I got through the, the, the Mayan Temple Land, the Mine... And the amusement park land. Okay. So yeah, I, I still I, have to do the I have to do the water land, and then after that's pterodactyl land. I felt like pterodactyl land is where all hope was lost. <laughs> that's when I hit the bottom of the barrel. I'm like, no. Dad. I, I think the part where it really started to get to me was Grunty Industries. I'm like, you, you know what you did. <laughs> also just like the joke like it was like they got less attention from nintendo possibly because nintendo was trying to pawn them off at the time but we're like the rot like the jokes swing way more towards conquer yeah or it's like 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 all the jokes just became weirdly vulgar and juvenile or it's like what's the joke uh this dude coughs and sneezes all over these hamburgers he's gonna give you I'm like, really? <laughs> like, like the like Banjo Kazooie didn't really have anything like that, except for a couple like belch jokes. Because, and I guess there was all the horrible trivia about Gruntilda that her, that his her uh, sister yeah. who hates her tells you. Yeah, I always forget the re- release order on these. This is after Donkey Kong Con- or sixty four. Yeah. yeah, this okay. is like their last N sixty four game aside from Conquer question mark is that correct i think that's yeah, correct uh, i i think conquer might be later but it's it's after dk64 i'm like wow dk64 is so much more of a sober game it's normal yeah no go, that explains why going back to that one was like oh this is fine what <laughs> if, if if look if somebody if you if somebody may if they do if god for fucking forbid <laughs> there is ever a pcd compilation of donkey kong 64 
crank up the draw distance and make the characters move and jump at, at 125% of their base mm -hmm. thing. That game's almost fixed just yeah. from those two changes. Mm -hmm. It becomes entirely playable. Also make it so it doesn't run underwater like the N64 version. Right. Uh, by the way, that timeline was correct. It is, in fact, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, uh, Banjo-Tooie conquers Bad Fur Day. Okay. We're just getting like, on that that flow downward. Uh, and I'm afraid that not have not that not death streaming it, not feeling trapped <laughs> in Banjo Tooie <laughs> is making it give me brain damage. Of what I'm sort? Like, of like, well, yeah, this is terrible, but it feels really great when I actually get the jiggy. And sometimes you get two or three in a short order, and it's like like Christmas. <laughs> I mean. Banjo-Tooie is an ambitious game. So I could understand why if some person like, decided to play it all in one sitting, that might be weirdly unsettling when you just came from all of their other collectathon. <laughs> it's just like, wow, I got 9 out of 10 jiggies on that level. I feel a level of triumph that I've only ever felt when I got to Guinevere and Dark Souls. <laughs> I've overcome so many challenges of going back and forth across the level over and over and but, over. But that's okay, because then you accomplished that same task as a washing machine, which means it's different now. And you got a third of a jiggy. That's just as good, right? Yeah. Now that'll literally break my spirit. Um, uh, the, the, the fact that they included a thing telling you you're not close enough to the center of the teleport pad if you press the button when you're not perfectly on the teleport pad is insane. Yeah. Why on earth did they do that? <laughs> I don't That's, know. It's deranged. Yeah, we're literally in our playthrough screaming about if you can code the <laughs> sentence, you're not centered enough, you can code it to work. Yeah. <laughs> or code it to do nothing. That's also acceptable. It's just... You... <laughs> Uh, this is something that's going to drive me insane as I play the game. Um, Sergeant Jam Jars, who gives you your moves, is like a military guy, mm -hmm. and all his like all his dialogue as he teaches you the moves are like a marching song. Like I don't know what I've been told. Mm -hmm. That six beats rare. Six. You fuck it up on almost every single one. Not seven. six. Well, I don't, I don't know. know, but I... Okay, so it is seven. But, the, <laughs> but they fuck it up on every one. It's never right. <laughs> While you are playing the Xbox emulation version, I bet somehow it had an extra beat. <laughs> the first person modes control terribly. Yeah, they're awful. They're, they're insane for adding that. The, the fact that they're like, uh, uh, now you can go into first person while flying and we're going to have a boss fight where you have to shoot targets while flying in first person. It's like, why did you do this? Because no one stopped us. Have you done any of the Maze Runner first person shooter segments? Yes, there's, two, there's one in okay. both of the first two levels. Okay. Uh, the one where you have to get all the fucking TNT is in the second level. Which is so good. Oh, that. 
Yeah. It. The first two levels were really maze-like, and then the and then the amusement park was had like a hub, and things just go off from it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they were going to go back to being maze-like, or if they'll be more sober in their level design. Because they they can be big and have a lot of steps, but that third level was a lot better than the first two. Because I'm like, I know what is here. I think that third level you're describing, the theme park where there are all the offshoots and sometimes you ride from one of them to another, was one of my favorite levels in the game. Oh boy. Yeah. Because from also there, they do this, you go to Grunty Industries. Also, they Grunty Industries is two more levels away. I'm sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean immediately. I didn't mean to scare you with that. <laughs> you're going to hell, Chris. You hear me? They do this thing where where the chat had to multiple times tell me like, no, you do have the way to do this. You just shoot a bomb at it. And I'm like, why would a bomb open this electrified fence? Well, you just got the bomb. Oh, yeah. That's not an answer. <laughs> You're like, I don't understand. Why would a bomb solve something? This is a Banjo-Kazooie game. I'm supposed to solve it by shoving eggs in holes. <laughs> I know the score here. Anything else? Um, 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 no, that's it. I'm fucking <laughs> done with Banjo Tooie. I I hope I survive. <laughs> Me too. I got I got a whopping 29 jiggies on my first stream, which is 40 percent of what you need to beat the game because you need 70. Okay. So I'm going at a pretty decent clip. Although I assume future levels will just be like stop right now. Do 18 things to get one. Or get one third of a jiggy. Psychotic. Uh, hey, Dr. Agro, are you still with us? Uh, I'm still here, Dan. Uh, have you been playing video games? I have been playing video games. What sort of video games have you been playing? Blah, blah, blah. This week I had the, the interesting moment of realizing that Vampire Survivors is a much much deeper hole than I thought it was. Mm. Oh. Like, I, I said when, when Chris brought it up the first time, yeah, I've got a few mobile game clones of this on my phone. And I thought that's kind of what this was. Like, it, hey, it's a neat gimmick. We took Castlevania sprites and made a silly game out of it. And it, it, it this game is like three game facts walkthroughs deep of random mechanics bullshit of like, oh, you need this item and this item, which only unlocks on this level if you bring this character and have already defeated the Buxom Witch to bring the blue crystal to, to the Galleon Tower so you can crack the red coffin and defeat the Armor Knight inside, which will give you the Scroll of Hephaestus, which you need to take to... It's fucking great. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know there was a point where I just stopped because, like, Okay, you've given me no hints, and I'm, I, I can only go to Game Fact at this point, and I'd rather just not. I've gotten pretty lucky. I've just been brute forcing it. It keeps throwing random shit at me, and I'm like, thanks for this. I hope this helps at some point. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've I don't I don't know what else is out there in the, in the in the back half of the game, but I have I have stood my ground with evolved garlic and a level eight song of mana. Which basically means that uh, 
except for the uh, death that comes for us all, I am immortal and untouchable. <laughs> no thing of evil can come within 15 feet of me lest they turn to dust. It's exquisite. <laughs> Uh, God, I just, I like, like, like imagine you're, you're in a park and there's, there, there's like a nice, there's a bridge that you can walk through. There's like a little pedestrian tunnel and you can, you know, it's, it looks to be about 10 feet across mm -hmm. and you, you go in on one side and you, you're walking for a bit and you realize, you know, I've, I've been walking under this bridge for a while and you look back and you can't see the light from where you entered anymore. And you turn back around and you can still see the light at the end of the now seemingly <laughs> endless tunnel. <laughs> and you realize you might have made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to just drop eight hours in and be like, wait, what happened? I just started. It's it it sucks as a phone game because I'm like, oh man, there's I've got a few minutes. Let's dick around on my phone. I don't have thirty minutes to play this level though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that seems like insane to do on your phone because it is structured in that way of no, this level will take thirty minutes. It's literally, a timer is counting down when you boot it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But also this week, um, I finally picked up uh, Neon White. Cool. Which I, I have made the interesting, possibly physically damaging decision of switching back and <laughs> forth between that and Harvestella. What do you buy Neon White on? I'm curious. Uh, PS5. Okay. God damn it. Ah, now I'm definitely yeah. buying it again. <laughs> yeah, that's, I keep I keep acing levels and going. Oh look, my time is the best on my friends list. There's no one else on my friends list. Pure as the fresh fallen snow. <laughs> I need to go pee on that snow. <laughs> Man, it's that I can't imagine playing this game on anything but an SSD because if you go like you mess up a run, you go fuck. You just tap the uh, trackpad and hit R two, and you've restarted. It's Done. You're there. Oh, cool. You're going again. No break I, in the flow. I think on PC, on a controller, you have to pause, push down twice, and hit a button. Oh, really? Because on, on the keyboard, hit F. Yeah. It's that close to your finger. Yeah, on the F keyboard, they got it. <laughs> yeah. On the keyboard, they nailed it. It sounds like on PS5, they got it, too. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. There is, there is like, noticeable screen tearing. Like, and when I say noticeable, mm, I mean really? I noticed it. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. I like I I looked into it and yeah, it's apparently just a thing. They know it's there. They're working on it. They say. Uh, does it have a a high frame rate mode at all? I could find no performance or visual options in the menu. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That's unexpected. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. But I mean, there, there isn't really any sort of visual glitch or hiccup that Steve Bloom's voice can't carry you through. <laughs> <laughs> I booted the game up and heard him talk and went, "Oh, it's been a while." Yeah, it's been too yeah. long. I, I'm I'm sad. When was he the needs last time more. Steve Bloom was the main character of a video game? I'm gonna make this even harder. That wasn't named Wolverine. <laughs> Uh, exactly. the, uh, I mean, the, the dub on this game is great, and I just like there's some shit in here that wow, if anybody but Steve Bloom was delivering it, this game would probably go down 10 points for being written shittily. <laughs> <laughs>
You're not wrong. Uh, by the way, secretly, this was the other game I was going to talk about. I also played Neon White. Nice. That game's good. How, it, how many it, levels it in are you? Um, oh, yeah. I, I also played it and beat it this week. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, fucking, we're all secretly playing Neon White from each other. Yeah, but uh, about how many missions? I, I think I'm in the middle of the second mission pack. Okay. Because I okay. like when I bought it, I'm like, okay, I know this is a game where you can like shave time and do perfect runs and I'm like but that's that's not me that's not what i'm about so i'll just play through it and, and be no mm, no this this game is a vile <laughs> sinful funnel designed to make you feel like garbage for not getting the ace and the gift before you move on i don't know yes. what you're talking about aggro i was telling bob that there's no way i'm gonna get speed run crazy about this and need to get first place on my and then and then he went to bed and I played like several hours where I did nothing about that and I barely made any progress. Like based, in the story. based on the trailers, I was like, "Oh, it's it's uh like a weird platform shooter that you can do speed run stuff on." And then I played it and realized that is inaccurate. This is a puzzle game that mm -hmm. happens to have shooting mechanics. Yes, it is really complicated to convey that idea to people. It is incredibly complex. Yeah, but it's. This is one of those games that it's it's just fucking mirror polished. Mm -hmm. It's just got it down. It's so beautiful. Every part of every level has a considered correct way to solve it, basically. Mm -hmm. And they like, even give you like those mini hairs to kind of guide you towards like, hey, hey, why are you going that way? There's and, no demons to kill going that way. Here's a really cool skip you can do. Yes. Yeah, and they only do that once you get good enough at doing it in general. <laughs> right. And that time is so clearly set for the exact moment where it's like, oh, you've nailed what is uh, an idiot's run of this level. <laughs> good job on that, by the way, buddy. Yeah. Turn right. <laughs> I always do feel really smart if I can guess where the skip is before they show it to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good every time because yes. you just see this really cool tunnel and these platforms ahead of you that bends to the left and then you go... This is a fucking open window. <laughs> Why would I go down the it's, hall? I'll just leave that. It's, re it's really funny to watch speed runs of levels where they do some cracked out skip over the entire level. And then while in the air, use the pistol to kill four demons yes. that are pixel wide. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure it gets insane. Yeah, I mean, even not even trying to get like dev times. There is uh, one of the one of the I think it's third world. I'm not sure it might be the second mission. Um but it's just like, okay, the start of this is you shoot the glass to break it open and use the rest of your bullets to kill these two or three demons from a huge distance. Because otherwise, oh. later you will spin a 180 in midair and have to kill them while doing some other platforming. Uh, <laughs> and the game trains you so hard on, on how it wants you to play it and what kind of game it is. And then you do Yellow's first side mission where it's like, you can't use discard powers. I'm sorry, I can't. What? <laughs> yeah, every, every one of those side missions with the weird gimmicks they come up with is great. I, it is. Have you done yeah. any of the violet ones yet? Uh, oh, like I, 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 I aced everything in the tutorial and got all the gifts before I moved on. So I got to do like all of the side missions as soon as they hit the island. Great. And violets. The first time I finished violets' first side mission, I, I didn't realize I had to break the crystal, so I ran into it. And passed it back to the start of the level. <laughs> oh. 
I beat uh, Violet's side mission first, and I was like, oh my god, are all of these going to be this hard? And then I try all the other ones, and I was like, oh, I really sucked at that one specifically. Even her second one, <laughs> mm-hmm. I found way easier than her first one. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> her first one being weirdly hard. <laughs> you boot up a side mission, you're like, there's, there's no clock. I'm free. Yeah, yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? You beat the level, and you're like, I beat that level. I get to move on now. And like, God, the movement in this game, like Violet's first side mission is a great example when you're just discarding elevate pistols to jump through twisting spike hallways and 20 feet high. And like, this is the kind of movement that I watch people do on YouTube and go, wow, I wonder what living like that is like. <laughs> but it's it's perfectly executable in this game with amazing 3D controls. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I hear it has uh, motion controls on PS5. Did, are you using those? I, I, I went into the options menu when I first booted the game and saw it and turned it on. And then I went, well, no, I need to learn how to play the game first. Because it <laughs> is like your, your gyro assist. And it, when I had it on, it was way too much. Mm-hmm. But it does have sliders in there to turn the intensity down. And I, I think I might start futzing with that. I'm not sure. just uh thinking about how aggro described what he had been playing to me the other day where he's like i'm jackknifing between neon white and harvestel yeah Yeah, don't uh don't mix uppers and downers kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah literally you could not pick a more different duo of games worth playing for the last year (laughs) I, i would get my heart rate way the fuck up and then turn my switch on and just sort of chill for a while Oh, look, I have to water my singular cabbage. This is going to be did, intense. I did it, guys. <laughs> well, look, I did I did three side quests today, and they all gave me seeds for plants that won't grow, grow for three more seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I have so many at this point where I'm just like, just you wait. Autumn's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> also, I've only been to like three cities so far. Mm-hmm. So there's, there, there's Leafy Village, which, <laughs> great name. Uh, which is, you know, it's it's a Western medieval fantasy style village. It's it's got a, a square and some buildings. It's standard stuff. And there's there's Shatola on the beach, mm-hmm. which is you know cool high fantasy built up on coral rocks. It's whatever. Then there's Nemea, which was designed by psychopaths because it's all platforms and spiral staircases. And in Harvestella, you have a jump button. It's not for anything. It's just to let you know that you're not going off the path. Yeah. Yeah. You want to uh, get down off this balcony? Find a staircase. The the way that village made me feel was the same way I felt when I first arrived in the Pokemon third gen tree village. And I'm just like, how the fuck do I get down from here? Like, there's just a level of, I can see where I want to go. Let me go there. Please let me jump off this rail. And they're like, no, you're going to run. Let me tell you, you're going to run two trees that way. And you go, go down the spiral staircase, go across the bridge. And I'm like, there is a time system. In a normal RPG, this would be unhinged enough. I do sometimes just wander around in that game going, oh, they fixed the clock. There's enough time in the day now. It's so great. As someone who never played the demo, 
I did not get to experience that at all, but I certainly heard it from enough people. Uh, like the map travel stuff had an unhinged uh, speed to its time. Oh my god! Like you, you could just hear uh, the "You're About to Drown" music and Sonic start in the back of your head. <laughs> yeah, that ticket, that ticket, Harvestella is going on. Yeah, yeah, Har- Harvestella continues to be. An eight-mile trough of sweet, <laughs> sweet oatmeal. <laughs> this is pretty good. I keep seeing like forum post reviews. Like this, this game is really simple, and it's really, it's really bad, and there's not much to do. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> go away. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Leave me be. <laughs> It just showed up on Agro's property and he's like, let me live my simple life, <laughs> please. But no, it's true. That game is exactly as deep as I want it to be. Literally, the only complaint I had about it is it should have some more money in it. And probably also it should be cheaper because I think more people would be interested if it wasn't mm-hmm. priced at full 60. Yeah, yeah. It, it really probably should not have been 60. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 got a there's a certain um almost zen like quality to how pared back it is in every facet. Like it has what you need to feel a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Did you play anything else, Andre? Uh, I didn't play anything else, but uh, I did want to mention that I finally figured out the exact thing that I couldn't put my finger on with Harvestella. Okay. It's it's a game I'd been looking for. It's a game type that I really like, and this is the perfect crystallization of it. This is an MMO with no other players. <laughs> right down to how every NPC has five different animations to express their feelings. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, I guess that's that means it's time for the Pod Lords. Oh shucks! Oh fuck! Oh no! Sneeze, shuck, and fuck. <laughs> 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 so, sorry guys our, at, our, our our sponsor said we couldn't curse anymore it's <laughs> surprised it wasn't his xenoblade curse i thought these were youtube's new rules it's the snuffing pod lords <laughs> yes that's right it's the pod lords such as e lee broils corey brown the Plan, Red Blaze 27, Suzu Shiro, Shiba Yagato, 
BN12. Rado. 101 Shades of Wonderful Remastered. WTF, Spider-Man. I have no joke. Fuck this guy. That's what I've been hearing. Happy New Year's, BTD. Here's to another year of many new plans by Gene Caria. DFW, 3K. Hey, did you know KOTOR is based on 3rd edition D&D? I just thought that was a neat fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things are, things are going great over in the tabletop area. <laughs> I, I think Paizo announced they're starting their own shit now to... To beat up on horses. The guys already had theirs. Cobalt Press and MCDM both announced. They're starting <laughs> their own open game license thing. Jesus. <laughs> I cracked the code, guys. I figured out who won. <laughs> Kristen. Kyle Bjork. Iron Aggro. Blid the Blue. Schlid Poo. Monster Hunter, Ryzen and Raiden? The Nectar of Life. You ever treat Kalpakobop? No, because it's spent milk, so I can't. Oh, I, is that what that is? Yeah. I'd, I'd want to treat a sunburn with that based on visual impression. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> oh, I'm so deeply burned. Please hand me the Kalpakobop. <laughs> Cooper Tank. Me, watching Ubisoft implode, wishing I had popcorn. <laughs> the plan has deviated. Two parts milk, one part Mountain Dew. Not great. Indigo Sykes. Drive Typecast. Victory is sweet. Congrats, five heads on your first win. Oh my god, they got one. They got one. Uh. They planned ahead with their giant brains. <laughs> they projected their strategy meetings onto the, her fucking head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that what the Sharpie writing is about? I see. I get it. Apple Gothic finally played Helltaker. Harder boss fights than most of Dark Souls 1. Evil Lucario is soon flying to Puerto Rico to visit a longtime friend and therefore has no bit, but is hyped as hell. A raccoon that is still shocked from that video Adult Swim posted. <sighs> how, many, how many pictures of raccoons holding smartphones do you have? Potterwack. I'm just gonna pronounce it as one word now. Potterwack. Pokemon whack. Tekken whack. A record whack. Judas whack. Play Hyper Demon and kill a god. Come on, man. The Super Mim. Quickly, Koga to the Jinkaria. Saralene. Tomothy Fister loves mulching terror raid battles with his silly blue rabbit mouse that deals 1,000 plus damage. Bearded Joe. Pleochrome. Arc Seaside. Krunglespum. Noodle reporting into it. <laughs> to announce that Dwarf Fortress is the most choice paralysis-inducing game ever invented. Oh, God. <laughs> Year of the Rabbit just started, and we are already winning. Toonami showed what kind of fan art? There it is. 
from behind break. an artist's paywall too. Somebody just threw it in. Yeah, the fucking the fucking name was so fake. They're like, yeah, that's me. I'm a man, American man. Breaking news: James Cameron has announced the plot of Avatar 4 will be about the Equalizers, led by a man and iconic Bane. Thank you very much to our pod lords. Thank you, pod lords. Thank you, pod lords. Thank you, pod lords. And if you'd like to become a pod lord, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gbpodcasts. For as little as $5 a month, you get many benefits, such as early access to Chugging Bleach and Mond uh, Chugging Bleach and Pokemon Go to the Movies, our two <laughs> monthly anime <laughs> podcasts, wherein we review five or more episodes of Bleach a month or more. And uh, a Pokemon movie every month until we're dead. Both of those shows will be continuing until we're all dead. Just so you know. <laughs> I don't want to die in two years. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a lot longer than that for both of them. Uh, you also get cut content from other shows we do when those shows do indeed have cut content. You also get a patron-exclusive show one a month where you get to vote on what good or bad movie we have to watch and then talk about. And not only do you get that show and indeed the entire backlog of shows, if you contribute for the first time and, you know, I've never listened to any of those shows. You also get a commentary track for every horrible movie we've watched, which includes such things as The Golden Compass, Good Burger, which is actually a movie we liked, several Channel Awesome movies and more. That's Patreon.com slash GB podcast. You also get the movie Isolation 119. You get a movie. It's yeah. the only place on the Internet you can get Isolation 119 one of the most endearing movies ever made. That's not a joke. A spectacular movie about a man getting a tax write-off. <laughs> uh, and if you don't have any money, it always helps us immensely to spread the word. Rate us on Thursdays before Twitch removes that feature. Like this video on YouTube right now. Please. And, uh, and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. That's patreon.com slash gbpodcasts. You know, I sat here and said, oh, wait, we don't have any weird Microsoft news this week. Everything's perfectly normal. I'm so excited to have a big think. And then I swear to God, we hit the go live button. And then that exact vector of Microsoft news I don't want to talk about. Okay. Came out. Oh, no. <sighs> Uh, this is what you would consider good news along that vector, though. Uh, Google and NVIDIA expressed concerns to the FTC about Microsoft's Activision deal. Oh, wow. That's it. <laughs> what a simple bit of news. We can just move on. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's interesting because if you asked me who was going to get in, Google and NVIDIA? Yeah. That's weird. Well, That's I'm weird. sure Google doesn't want Microsoft to become any bigger because then they mm -hmm. can start fucking right. with them. Right, but the NVIDIA thing's what I don't get. Well, well, NVIDIA doesn't want Microsoft to own half the industry and then crash it. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's obviously a competency gap that rational yeah. actors can just see. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, I get it. This is also a perfect moment to just, you know, speak up. And, and I'm also here and, and on the side of, of antitrust. Uh, you can not have to look into any of the shit I'm doing because I am clearly publicly with the FTC. Yeah, we're, we're friends. 
Yeah, I've actually seen multiple companies do that before, and it never works. <laughs> They've been like, yeah, but company, you, you know, we, we hate that. We can't be doing that. We hate that. Let us buy ARM, you pricks. <laughs> yeah, companies are getting scared now because the tide really feels like it's turning against these tech companies. Mm-hmm. Not just not just in, in public view, which has been pretty fucking basement for a while. But like politicians are being like, yeah, fuck you guys we're gonna we're gonna break your kneecaps like they fucked up bad enough that the republicans and the democrats hate them yeah that's impressive yeah uh, one might call that a hat trick <laughs> um yeah that's a. Uh, yeah and you know like me and chris chris and i have said a lot it's it's a good feeling when you watch someone who is equally not your friend beat up your other person that is equally not your friend. So that way, none of them royally fuck over anyone. You know, if all the companies really just turn against each other and uh, prevent each other from becoming a monopoly for their own greedy gains, technically, I gain from that. Right. When, when, a, when a devil catches a monster, I as a human being can only hope they both die. Right. Uh, but that was technically Microsoft news, which forms a vector. We're going to head over to Chris's Microsoft news. That is uh, news the, I'm at all interested in talking about. On the, 20, on the 25th, Microsoft is doing what they're calling a developer direct, mm -hmm. where we will get updates on various games from the developers. It sounds dire. Uh, what what about it sounds dire? I've just heard that it sounds dire. I didn't look into this myself because I figured uh, it would form a better they've conversation. They've said that they've... they've been pretty clear that there's not going to be anything new. It's all going to be stuff that's already announced. And it's going to have deep gameplay dives. Okay. So it it just it just comes off to me as one of those events that's going to be like forty percent the developers saying nothing. Kind of like the let me explain how a trebuchet works. I assume yeah, it's sort, something sort like of that. like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these games are fucking out already. Wait, what? No way, what? Okay, what? no, Minecraft Legends is different from Minecraft Dungeons. Those are two different <laughs> games. Don't worry, I literally made the same mistake during the fucking Kirby stream. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, this is, this is seemingly only going to cover four games. Okay. The Elder Scrolls Online, which... Why, why is uh, that there? Forza Motorsport. Minecraft oh, oh, Legends. Really? We're like finally the, seeing the new, the new Forza... Forza. That's that's what the they one said, we've yeah. barely seen okay. since it was announced a while ago. And Redfall, Starfield will not be there because it's getting its entire own one of these at some point. Uh, would you like my theory on why Starfield isn't going to be there? Because uh, delayed. Have they have specifically said this will be showcasing games coming out in the coming months. <sighs> yep. I'm excited to see Redfall look identical to that sh thing they showed a few months ago and said wasn't what the game was like. <laughs> I mean, that, that, would, that would continue to be their marketing team fucking Arcane. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that is the same guys, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it feels... You, know, you know, last... I think it was literally last week. It might have been the, the, the big thing to mention right before uh, the break. Where we talked about the seventh gen marketing cycle. Yeah. Microsoft's trapped in it. 
I mean, yeah, they because announced none of their all their shit games. Is shipping. Yeah. Right. And they announced all their games via CG trailers way too early. Like, look at Hellblade 2. Yeah. They should have talked about that three years ago. So, yeah, that's the seventh gen right. deal. Yeah. Uh-huh. You locked yourself in. Starting a couple years ago when they just started throwing conferences with nothing in it. Like, they've got a PR team ready to go to war and no ammo. Yeah, and people acted like they didn't understand why I was that upset. And I'm like, I've lived through 7th Gen. I don't need that again. And and honestly, it's even worse now because during 7th Gen, it wasn't like the games were dropping like flies and just spending absolutely forever in development. Mm-hmm. You know, Final Fantasy uh, 13 eventually came out. Metal Gear Solid 4 eventually came out. But Perfect Dark's going nowhere fast. Fable is having troubles and going nowhere fast. Yeah, it seems like uh, both of those games probably got rebooted because yet they again, developers. Mm-hmm. Yet again, I'm coming to you to say I forgot the name of the rare game. <laughs> Everwild? I think that's Ever right. Everwild. Yeah. Like, why isn't that this event? We, because it's not <laughs> yeah, real. I know. Everwild <laughs> and Avowed? Yes. Yeah, Avowed might as well not exist. Like, that was just another season trailer. And that trailer. sucks because I want it to exist because right. they yeah, showed I, me a trailer. I do wonder if Avowed has just got canned because they bought Bethesda after that, and Avowed was obviously like Obsidian make a Skyrim. And mm-hmm. I, it, it sucks that we have to worry about this this whole time. Like if they never announced it, we wouldn't have to worry about it. But they announced all these projects way too early, so we entered the seven gen marketing cycle. Uh, talking specifically about the news today, though, I don't know. Like we stream a lot of events from platform holders. Yeah, this is only four games, and I'm only interested in half of them. I'm not sure that. You know, in that really heavy, forspoken, laden part of this month that I have time to stream, you know? Yeah. An event not, like that. I, I don't know. I'm not even sure how long this is. This might be some nightmarishly long thing that doesn't end and has nothing in terms of information I want to know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it might be like two hours long and it's like, I'm going to spend half an hour learning about um, Minecraft Legends. Right. Which I'm really not that interested in. Um, but you know, I am real to clarify which two I'm interested in. Okay, Redfall because I need to know if they lied or not. If that is in fact exactly what they showed off, um, how done it looks, mm-hmm. and so I can figure out how soon I actually get to play that game that they said was coming out last year, two years ago, when they should have known better because they didn't have any gameplay to show. And I'm really tired of corporations lying to me about this shit. I hate seventh gen. Yeah. If you want to piss me off, make make me think you're seventh gen. Anyway, well, also right after they're going into some extended Elder Scrolls Online right thing, and that's huge negative debuffs. But the other game is Forza, right? Because Chris Sasaki is directing that, <laughs> and I need to know what's the sauce. What did Chris bring to this project? I I hope that when if they're doing an event like this, they showcase the things around the races. Because that's how the structure is going to work. Yeah, it's like a that's fucking super driving simulator. Right? Showing me that you can drive and there's a time of day system doesn't do nearly as much as me for me as you showing me the menu. And that's one of the things that makes Gran Turismo Fire on a level the genre has not outside of it mm-hmm. is they have the menus system where it's a cafe menu that yes. tells you what your goals are. And they have the guy who walks you through the history of these different car manufacturers. They have so much drip and it's such a smart structure and I need to know what this new Forza is because they spent a really long time making it now 
and it doesn't have a number. So it better be good. It better be smart. I'm super interested, but I frankly don't want to be trapped streaming an event that yeah. is about the Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, the most... Like, why would you ever even include that in a show like this? These the other games are legitimately games that are not out yet. Yeah. An Elder Scrolls Online expansion is an expansion pack. Right. Like, it's going to be essentially that same old game. Right. With new areas. Right. Like, that's not the same as, like, this is a new game people haven't played yet. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like maybe they absorbed a lot of the marketing guys from ZeniMax. Mm-hmm. Well, that depends. Uh, give it a few months. We'll see if Microsoft invented console gaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I just have this horrible vision of this, of this event where it's like there's going to be a bunch of developers where they're going to do cuts between a bunch of developers like sitting on a chair in the corporate lounge, saying really vague stuff. And then we'll see like a chunk of gameplay that might not even we might not even see a long chunk or it might be too long. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm afraid with them saying developer direct that it could be really unfocused. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't have, they should have only announce this two days in advance like Sony because now Sony has the op opportunity of putting a, uh, a state of play in the same week. That is something true. was a trailer for a game you never heard about before. Yeah, Sony has a lot of those. <laughs> that is an instant own is hilarious. Hey guys, we're here to announce our Ghost of Tsushima 2 uh, direct. And people are like, oh shit. We're here to announce, yeah, some game was leaking. Did you, did you hear? Yeah, like, like there was leaked footage of a people can fly game they're making with Sony? Right, yeah. What the f Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My brain's broken, though, so all I can be like is, people can fly, shouldn't Microsoft be... You know, <laughs> they've let every single connection go. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> For people who don't know, Gears of War Judgment, people can fly. Microsoft. There should have been... Microsoft should have friends. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> uh, Chris, what other news do you... Oh, right. <laughs> of course. Yeah, um... So last week I said Ubisoft was doomed. I didn't expect that to uh, come true quite so quickly. Right, it instantly manifested. Yeah. I, I guess that's what happens when my prediction is based on looking at currently available information and coming to a conclusion. <laughs> right. Gravity will continue to function. How the fuck? How did Chris call that? Um, Ubisoft had a had an investors meeting this week. Uh, Skull and Bones is delayed again to we don't know when uh, they said they're sending in a strike team to finish that game which oh is defined God. as a bunch of empl employees from Ubisoft's headquarters who are going <laughs> to finish this game except they didn't say finish they're like no it's done it's done we promised it's done they're just polishing it it's done we're um, not shipping it even though we're under legal obligation to ship it because it's not good enough <laughs> something we've literally never cared about once in the past decade so yeah, I, I assume I assume Sony just went, no, you're not you're not shipping this. Look at it. This isn't a game. That's that's coming from us talking about you. 
We've let you ship some stuff. <laughs> I, I forget. Was that a runner-up or one of the top three most likely to be delayed games in R? It was voted upon. It was in the running for a bit. I don't even know if it made top three. Okay. I'm I gonna... pushed for it hard because I saw this exact shit coming. <laughs> yes, you did. And we didn't We didn't listen. We were foolish. We were so foolish. Um, Not only, not only did that investors meeting say this, it's like it was them going, We've canceled three major unannounced projects. This is insane. Not only that, just uh, Just Dance 2023 and that Mario New Mario Rabbids games both flopped. Just Dance flopped? No wonder they sound like it's the apocalypse over there. <laughs> they say the underperformed expectations, but yeah. This Man, this might be the first time ever. Mm -hmm. I know that they did a complete rework of the way the menus worked, which might have scared people off. Oh, yeah, that breaks the spell. Yeah. Yeah. And also, that was the one designed to be like, okay, this game is just the one that's going to be updated for now on, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, people don't want that. Like, Just Dance is a boomer franchise. Mm Mm-hmm. It is for people who don't play games. They don't want a platform. It can be 95% the same year to year. You have to ship a box to stores that says just cause year. <laughs> or not just cause, just dance year. Mm-hmm. And of course, Rabbids didn't do well. That was like, what, six years after the last Rabbids game? Uh, five five years. and a half, yeah. But also, yeah. like, and every time I bring this up, people come at me trying to talk about the quality of the game and I'm about to say it doesn't matter in this case like that's not what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. in the Switch's first year the Switch was a novelty Mm -hmm. so Switch fans bought a lot of games that under normal circumstances would just die on the launch pad like that embarrassing port of Street Fighter 2 sold like a million units yeah 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 this guy is sold well because, yeah, Disgaea <laughs> sold well and, and confused Anissa forever. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not surprised that this Mario Rabbits thing didn't perform as well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the novelty's gone. A lot of people just go, oh, whatever. I'm not as fascinated by this notion of Rabbids right. and oh, Mario. Uh, so when executives, that, say didn't, like, when executives say didn't meet expectations, I'm like, wait, like, like someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about or like an executive executive? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like Ubisoft was reporting a big loss, so... Yeah. <sighs> Canceling three games, though, that's... Yeah, that's a lot. That is. Um, some insiders have, like, were being like, yeah, they've been shopping themselves around, like, please buy us. I missed that. Well, well, um, th- th- this is, bi- is kind of old, because, uh... The Guillermo... Is that how you fucking say it? Yeah, Eve Guillermo. Uh, none of his kids want to take over the company. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to die someday. I guess we should work on selling it. I'm going to die and, someday, and I better not be dealing with the latest fucking fire. <laughs> that fucking so Ubisoft, what I do? Here, here's some relevant numbers that might uh, help... A- Illuminate why Ubisoft is in trouble and also will never get anybody to buy them ever. Mm. Microsoft, uh, Xbox Game Studios, uh, 
including Zenimax, has around 4,000 employees. Okay. I, <laughs> okay. Sony has around 9,000 employees. That is so, so much uh, smaller than I expected. <laughs> Activision, also around 9,000 employees. <laughs> EA, 12,500 employees. <laughs> Ubisoft, 21,000. Yeah. How? Every, every time they ship a game, they credit 12 to 1,400 people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's they why have, I started cracking up at the beginning of this because I'm like, yeah, their employee numbers are off the fucking chart. Mm -hmm. They have studios on every continent, in every time zone, in almost every country. Nope. And th that all have to have legal departments supporting them to make sure they don't fuck up in every one of those countries. They have more like Ubisoft is roughly the size Bethesda was. Like in terms of money, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's no reason they should have more than twice as much, twice as many employees as Activision. Yeah, I mean Ubisoft is the example of what happens when you make Resident Evil Six and you decide that worked. Let's keep doing that and scaling up and doing multiple franchises at the same time that are this. Yeah, this is crazy. So nobody's <laughs> ever going to buy them. That's so fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, they would have to Voltron. I mean, like, vehicle Voltron before anybody was going to touch any of that. Because, I mean, like like you said, they've got studios all over the world. And no American or Japanese company is going to want to buy that many employees. They're going to have to treat decently. Yeah. And, and not only that, like, not only that, it's just like, it adds so much, like, infrastructure problems, which is... Guess what? Mm -hmm. Probably the reason they can't fucking ship anything. Right, because yeah. they're, they're wholly dependent on at least six studios on making a game, and it's like, well, this is why your games come out like this. This is why they're this expensive. This is why they take so long. It, it's truly nuts. Like, I have no idea how you even cut up Ubisoft other than all the other studios are closed. Who wants to buy Montreal? <laughs> yeah, that's like it. <laughs> Jesus. Because Montreal, as I understand it, and uh, I'm totally open to being wrong on this, is the crown jewel. That's the only studio you would want. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like you might I, be right, but I'm worried. <laughs> like, okay, for example, what was the sequel to Steep, right? You remember they made the <laughs> sequel. Like, Slope. <laughs> that would have been really good. They were like, no, it's fucking snow again, assholes. And it's called Slope, and you love it. Uh, Writer's Republic. There we go. Thank you. That's one of the benefits of having a chat. Anyways, the live studio audience. Man, could you imagine if actual TV worked like this? They have the live studio audience, and they're like, shit, uh, me and my guests can't remember the name of that movie. Audience, please. And then they just go into the audience. Anyways. Writer's Republic has a shitload of studios working on it. It's like, you're Writer's Republic. You're not Assassin's Creed. You're not going to sell anything. Right. right. You, there's no world in which you're selling 14 million copies. Yeah, and every I, single game has to be worked on by literally every part of the world. Like, yeah. be be before, before the gap between Odyssey and Valhalla, mm -hmm. was there even a gap between Odyssey and Valhalla? I guess there must have been. Let's see, 2013 was Black Flag. Then we got Unity, mm -hmm. and then they switched to Origins. I they think switched to the Witcher shit. 
Isn't there mm-hmm. one between? I feel like there's yeah, one syndicate. more. Syndicate. Syndicate. Yes. There yes. we go. Yeah. And so 2022 was Valhalla. So they made five between. They made those. So they started having to put years between them because even. 2020. Student, 2020 was Valhalla because that yeah, was a series was X. Uh, yeah. You said yeah, it, was, it was the new console. Yeah. Okay. So my point is just like. Even with a with a studio working every second of every day somewhere in the world mm-hmm. on these games, they can't get them out every year anymore. Yeah, that should have been the sign that it was time to have bigger gaps between these games. And it feels like COVID really took a Tommy gun to Ubisoft. I feel like they've had even more problems since that because what? you just see you the- meet a company with 21,000 employees in every country <laughs> is more hit by a global event. Yeah. 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 Weird, right? It's weird how a company that hasn't leveraged technology in order to make game development easier and outsource more smartly has in fact been absolutely crippled by this pandemic yeah you'd think that a company like this that is so much all over the world they would have already been adapting to work from home situations and over the internet but the problem is like but that each clearly one of those studios is 1200 people each right. one of them is at least 800 yeah they're not they're not actually they're not insomniac here yeah they weren't and at any point learning to work with each other they were just trying to bolt these things that each studio is doing together right and that's not the same and and once you have that many employees you get like factionalism you get the left hand not communicating to the right hand yeah i i doubt there's anybody at ubisoft who knows what's going on across the whole company right Right. that seems impossible 100 percent. like and even for activision it's i i can conceive of somebody a couple steps down from Bobby Kotick, who's like, no, I know what every project is in vaguely how long, how far along it is. That I can is, tell that, you that, that every time I exist. ruined it. <laughs> so, like, what is what does Ubisoft even have announced right now? They have that Prince of Persia remake, which is almost certainly canceled. And there's an and, Avatar game. There's three Assassin's yeah, Creed games. number of Assassin's Creed games. There's the one Only, that's coming out soon, Mirage. Then there's Hexa, and then there's the uh, Japan Red. one. Yes, and Red. there's also the mobile one. Bob, we're oh. talking about real games. But this is like a full budget. Like, it's and it's probably Ubisoft China. Oh, yeah, I think it oh, is. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, they're in some real fucking trouble. <laughs> yeah, this is... Like, uh, it, so and then there's Beyond Good and Evil Two, which is almost certainly canceled. It's, it's and then really, there's it's really then there's, good because like um, when you look at it, most of the time in the game industry, when a company's dying and having problems, they they do the EA, they do the the Microsoft guys. We just can't ship games. I don't. We can't finish them. We keep hitting. It's just not. You don't normally get. Uh, fucking the Wicker Man over here, Ubisoft. <laughs> As they scream about the bees instead of, like, anything not coming out of them, you get barely anything near the end of a lot of screaming and people on fire. Oh, man. I mean, Ubisoft has a lot of games that just have no prayer. Like, it feels like they announced a lot of those. Like, you know, as Chad's bringing up, Beyond Good and Evil 2 and uh, Wild. God, Wild isn't out. The, or officially the canceled, I'm pretty sure. That was the that was the um the, Beyond Good and Evil's original creators game. Yeah, right? Michael Ancel, right? Yeah. And it was like Michelle Ancel, yeah. I, I think that the only thing they showed was a trailer where there was like a giant woman. 
Um, <laughs> and then, and then, then Cliffy P was like, Ugh. <laughs> No what, big woman? <laughs> or whatever the fuck I said. Here's ranking video. Uh, yeah, it showed a lot of wildlife. It showed, like, mystical shit. And uh, there may have been a big woman. I don't know. It's so Rob deleted it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, yeah, but the, is there are a lot of projects like that where it's and, like, is Beyond Good and Evil and that ever coming out? No. <laughs> and uh, there's and there's there was reports that like that Avatar game is now in trouble too. Like that's why, um, because the studio making it is the studio behind the division. Oh, and. And the reports was that, like, the reason the Division 2 is now getting a lot of attention, like, they're trying to salvage it years later, is because it's like, none of our other shit is coming out anytime soon. Yeah, that's so... Mm -hmm. It's funny, because it was Avatar, it's like, yeah, the movies are going to be coming out for the next, like, five years, there's no rush. But clearly, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take, it's just, it's going to be on fire and then get cancelled. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, like the only the only way an avatar game makes sense to me is if you're pumping Sony PS5 exclusive fidelity money into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Ubisoft is doing that. I think they're just trying to make their normal shit skinned with Avatar. Probably that's all they know how to do. Right must be a challenge to try to do a game that isn't the game you've been making for a really long time yeah it's really unfortunate how they're literally the, of all the different game companies i feel like they're the only ones who just every game is the same game <laughs> yeah like well, it's, yeah of course very it's bizarre. the perfect form of video game they achieved it well it's funny too because normally you don't see that at the publisher level you see that at the individual developer level right, like which is totally different. soft yeah that's, that's a totally different thing this is a publisher with right. many different developers that have all been sick on one with, with twenty one thousand people working <laughs> on the same squ gray square yes yeah it's really bizarre it's really uh, bizarre okay okay i found i found a list of all the games Ubisoft has shoot. Uh, this game comes out this month. It's called Oddballers. It's a dodgeball multiplayer game. Okay. Okay. Uh, chat. You ever see? You ever see those no challenges? That's like, here's a YouTube hilarious compilation. How long can you last without laughing? Laughing. <laughs> that is how I feel about this list. Let's go. What's the deal with Oddballers? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen or heard of this game until I looked at this list. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, one moment. Uh, they're making Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a mm -hmm. weird spinoff. It's like a, a roguelike? It's a free-to-play shooter. Survival, crafting, battle royale, nightmare. Yeah, Skull and Bones, which is Skull and Bones. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Voyage. Avatar. Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is the one thing that Red and Hex are both parts of. Right. Yeah, it's like, the that's hub. Not, that's, that... Wait, what if it is its own game, Dan? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say no, it isn't because it's not even going to ship. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I assume it'll be one thing you boot. And then everything yeah. else is inside it because it's them trying to rip. It's going to be them trying to do 
you know, something like Genshin where you have to keep pumping in money. Oh, 100%. It will be a single just, executable from your OS level. And then you, when you go to these different aspects of it, you will feel booting another video game within that video game. Maybe if we call you play Assassin's Creed, people will stop being mad about it. Uh, make, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, very brief news I'm sticking in right here. Uh, uh, the, the company that owns Dungeon Fighter online is like, we're making a Dungeon Fighter Genshin. Okay, goodbye. That's all we have to say. Cool. Yeah, yeah they did show that out. It was like, you have three other projects. Just don't tell you about this until you can show me it. <laughs> There's Assassin's Creed VR, which is some Oculus VR exclusive thing. What? What? Oh, yeah. Forgot. Uh, hmm. Beyond Good and Evil 2, canceled. Prince of Persia Sands of Time, canceled. <laughs> Allegedly. Project Project Q, some team like it, it's going to be. It's supposed to be their ver. I guess it's supposed to be their version of fucking Overwatch. And that <laughs> was one of that, that, that Yeah, that was one of the things that was that was attached to Quartz until they ripped oh that my shit God, out. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. Uh, is is the Tom Clancy thing called X Deviance or X? I. I I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, then, then we got Project U, which is probably canceled because they they said well, it's going to have a PC only play test that will only be in Western Europe somewhere, and all we've ever seen is concept art. So, considering that doesn't have a name, it might even be one of the things they canceled. Yeah. Uh. A new version of the Settlers uh, that was supposed to be out March seventeenth of last year, and then it was delayed indefinitely. Jesus oh, the Splinter Cell remake, which, considering their history of remaking things, right, that could have been another project of that same studio. Man, yeah, I forgot they even announced and that. They and they have some fucking deal with. Lucasfilm for Star Wars over something. And, uh, and X Defiant, which is going to be some fucking Tom Clancy thing. Like, so, so it's just, it just seems like they're doomed. None of these projects seem like they're going to come out. Right. And even if they do, none of them seem like they're going to take off at the level Ubisoft needs to survive. Correct. I agree, and uh, this may be great, actually, because if they just outright bankrupt, mm -hmm. then we can see some IPs go in some directions and get some shit made. It is really yeah, funny. So it's like, why would anyone bother buying it when they're going to have to liquidate <laughs> soon? Right. You get, a, you get a much better bargain. Like, why would you buy Ubisoft Montreal when you could just buy the IP Assassin's Creed? Right. And then, and then, and then you know, scalp all the staff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's much easier to let them just go bankrupt, liquidate themselves, and then buy the IP at an auction. Because that's how that goes. Like, people don't probably don't remember the THQ days. Right. Uh, but that is how that shit goes. No one wants to buy THQ, and Ubisoft successfully crafted themselves as one of the most prolific fucking publishers with one of the most important catalogs of IPs in modern zeitgeisty culture into the next THQ. Yeah, they didn't have to get and sell themselves invested in some new peripheral that they'll ship a thousand of to a store and sell zero. No, all they had to do was like 
do the dumbest thing ever and be like, well, we can't be as good as Broly. Let's just make 10,000 clone Gokus. Ooh. It's just... in, the pa- in the past year, their stock has fallen 60%. Whoa. Those people know what's up. Yeah, like, like I said on Twitter, I can't see Ubisoft surviving to 2030. Okay, um, I think the only interesting conversation left to have here, possibly, is mm-hmm. what IPs do you think, like, let's do top three IPs from them. Who do you think wants them? So we're going to do Assassin's Creed. Who do you think wants that one the most? Who's going who's gonna to put down the money to buy that IP? Sony. I feel like Sony I, would see the value there and probably be better I, making exactly that game. I don't know. I feel like that... Sony Ben's Assassin's Creed. I feel like Assassin's Creed no longer has the pomp it used to. Well, like, I think it could, though. It may be. Yeah, they I might think be able Sony to would shove sure. a rocket up that thing's right? ass. Like, like, if Sony wanted it, they would start a new studio just to make new Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, here, if only here, they had someone from Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here's, like, here's the thing. Sure. Assassin's, Creed. Assassin's Creed is a long-running franchise. People care about it. The mm-hmm. fact Ubisoft has made them not care about it is only a testament to Ubisoft's incompetence. If yeah, Sony I, I, was like, here's our fucking high budget reveal trailer for Assassin's Creed. We built a studio to make it now. And excitement instantly goes to the roof for people who ever liked it. Yeah, I know if they be like, yeah, no, apparently uh, Jade Raven wanted to make another one. So we just put let them do that as their next project. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, uh, I think Assassin's Creed, the name has so much cachet mm-hmm. within gaming. I, I really do believe that. I think that is their most valuable IP. Oh, yeah. I don't think that that's questionable. I mean, so we move on to. Well, Fox. hang on, because oh, I sure. think it's in, in the scenario. I think it's infinitely more likely that Microsoft ends up snapping it up and trying to do the exact same thing Ubisoft was doing to it and going, why isn't it working? I want to see Microsoft throw 1,400 people at Unreal Engine 5 and say, make an Assassin's Creed. Jesus. Do it. That's like the idea of Microsoft actually buying an IP to then use is so hard for me to feel like would happen. It's like watching your trash can walk around your house, picking stuff up and putting it inside. It's weird because because it's like buying an IP is a lot like buying milking machinery. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft, at the point they're at, they don't want milking machinery. They don't want cows. They don't want to. They want the whole farm already running. Yes, they want to buy that. But but Assassin's Creed is such a huge franchise. I could see that breaking through. And be like, no, we have to own that. Well, that's true. It is really important. We, we we can start another studio with a bad name related. We can start the Templars, <laughs> our new studio <laughs> to Ooh. make Assassin's Creed. <laughs> with these 2,000 contractors. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And they're constantly cycling out art director. But that's okay, because th- <laughs> at this point, I swear to God, at this point, they would just go straight to Unreal Engine 5. Mm-hmm. They would just not even... like they w- So they would be able to contract people to make stuff. Would it be cost-effective? Hell no. Of course not. <laughs> but when has Microsoft ever given a shit about that? They're doing Game Pass, which is the opposite of cost-effective in every single way. Right. Um, Far Cry is interesting, because here's what I see, right? 
EA's like, oh man, if we own Far Cry, we have a lot of first person studios. We we could we could make a Far Cry. So they buy it, and then everyone that's left at dice kills themselves to escape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the- Far Cry you gunfire in the background. <laughs> It sounds like I, a firing range, right? Like they took out a prisoner to just shoot them, but it's not one person. If you put a gun to my head and was like, who will end up with these franchises? I would say Sony would take Assassin's Creed and Microsoft would get Far Cry and be like, that's good enough. I, <laughs> if they would buy an IP... Instead of just needing to buy Ubisoft, which holy god, could you imagine? Uh, I do think they would think Far Cry is good enough, right? I think I think Far Cry is beneath Sony. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I think Far, Sony Far, believes that like, too. I feel like Far Cry has no series identity at all. As yeah, evidenced by the fact that like they completely changed the aesthetic and the plot and everything about it in every new game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was just sort of a an, an Ubisoft game that that was its thing, and Sony has too many things in direct competition of trying to do that genre better that you know, picking it up wouldn't make any sense. Right. Exactly. So I think Microsoft and EA are the most likely for Far Cry. Oh fuck! I forgot Tom Clancy's name might be in IP. Yeah, no, that's something they yeah. own. That's fucked up. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about that's fucked up? Because that's fucked up. That one I also think would be EA. I feel like it's more 2K. (sighs) But maybe I'm crazy. 2K is funding Judas, right? Yes. My brain just did that, but with the Tom Clancy, where it's like, we spent nine years funding the development of a Tom Clancy game. Yeah, why'd you do that everything okay i could also see microsoft with it because it's such a like broad scope term they could put it on any military shooter and be like this is ours now so so in this in this (laughs) fucked up version of reality okay Uh by the time this has happened phil spencer's out yeah they they shot they shot him to death (laughs) they replaced him with someone else who's been in the organization as long as phil spencer but is out of touch and Bob, they buy Tom Clancy's name and they go, finally, we have a counter to Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> oh. People, people compare, used to compare Splinter Cell and Metal Gear Solid all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I still say either Tencent or the Chinese government directly buys the Tom Clancy license. Could you imagine the fucking irony? God, like... China that just makes me imagine that, that, that China buys Tom, the, the literal Chinese government <laughs> buys Tom Clancy's name, and every game is just about the U.S. military being incompetent. Yeah, it is 100% an info op, and they're doing it out in the open, but nobody can stop them. And the worst part is, like, you know so many Tom Clancy fans would actually be really into that. They would be like, oh, it's great. This is the only guy with a clue. And he's just... You know, an Asian American who's who's he's just so much smarter. And the U.S. government just keeps fucking up at every step of the way. You almost got us this time, China, but I stopped you, but only barely. 
and I sympathize with you. <laughs> and I did it by committing crimes. <laughs> I mean, that was already part of... Agro, did you miss Tom Clancy's Rogue Squadron, the mobile game that literally has the reveal trailer, have them say, we can't win this fight by playing by the rules, and no. has like a yeah, has like a Rolodex full of criminals to recruit come up on the screen. <laughs> yes. That's the great thing about good propaganda. Like, whether you're pro or anti-American, you're telling the same story. It's just a framing difference. Yes. <laughs> when we commit crimes, it's awesome and based. When they commit crimes, it's vile and underhanded. Okay, so I actually have the number one game I think Sony would go after. Prince of Persia. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be my mm -hmm. most likely for Sony to want. I would actually, and I know this is oh, the first thing you're going to think is bad, but mm -hmm. I would really like to see Naughty Dog try a Prince of Persia. I think that could <laughs> really? be great. I my think first that instinct was Insomniac. That's a really, that's actually Honestly, really think, different. Honestly, I think Insomniac could do good. I think Naughty Dog could do good. And I think Sony Santa Monica could do good. I mean, fucking, you take, uh, fucking you take Insomniac. Prince of Persia like Insomniac. one step more ridiculous and just do God of War. Insomniac's basically the square hole at fucking it's the Sony. It's like, we take that, we put it in a square hole. That'd be, you know where yeah. that game would be great. <laughs> they, they currently are unstoppable super beasts. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I, you know, maybe, maybe Sony Santa Monica is a really good fit for that. I don't want it to become an action RPG with an open world twist, mm -hmm. but maybe Sony Santa Monica really could make that work. Uh, but yeah, that would, that, that would be interesting. I think there's a lot of value in Prince of Persia as an IP more than Far Cry. Yeah, no, it's one of those IPs that reaches all the way back to the start of gaming almost, which is yeah. great. And its core identity is a broadly appealing thing, whereas mm -hmm. I think Far Cry is broadly appealing to Americans. <laughs> is, uh, is, across... is Far Cry broadly? I feel like Far Cry is broadly appealing in the way a Golden Corral is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to Americans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did anyone else want to get anything out before we move on? Embracer takes Rayman. Oh, they totally would. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Somewhere in the shuffle, it turns out there was a legal catch-22, and no one is ever allowed to make a Rabbids game again. I feel like Embracer would release whatever is currently operating and executable as far as Beyond Good and Evil 2 goes. Is this See, their next I Biomutant? It, yes, it's the next Biomutant slash Darksiders I, 3. <laughs> see, I think that Embracer would do an Unreal Engine 4 remake of Beyond Good and Evil 1. Mm, they would, And then yeah. would say, we're making a game with the exact same assets and engines and calling it Beyond Good and Evil 2. Smart. Really I smart. I feel like they could also, like, like Bob said, just ship whatever exists right now. Just frame it as like we're releasing the artifact load of <laughs> Beyond Good and Evil Two. Right. Witness what was before we go well, make a real game. Well, yeah, it's kind of we, like half of the Duke Nukem Forever strategy. Mm, yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about the forty five Duke Nukem leaks that have happened in the past month. No, yeah. we haven't. Like Weirdly enough, every, we didn't bring every, it up once. every single version of that game that has ever existed at any point in time has been leaked. Which is real uh, embracer. It's really obvious. You're just like chumming the water to figure out if anybody wants a new Duke <laughs> Nukem game. We do fucking make it. <laughs> we want any of these, actually. 
So, so I, even if they didn't shove Beyond Good and Evil 2 out the door in whatever state it was in, it would somehow leak mm-hmm. conveniently. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun watching people who used to work there who was just like, I can confirm that is real as hell. <laughs> they sure keep leaking that shit. Huh. Anyways, let's move on news. Hey, Bob. Hey. Uh, you got a news? Yeah, we got. I got some news. Okay, do a news. Um, King of Fighters 15 had their DLC announcements, so they showed off some actual gameplay for Shingo. We got to see him in action. Did yeah. he kick? He did kick. Cool. He does say he goofy s- stuff. Did he say Shingo kick? I couldn't. I, I don't remember. He okay. probably did. Did that okay. Shingo? Uh, then they showed us a render of what Kim will look like in game. Awesome. Yeah. So Kafwana uh, is really cool. Yeah, we only use the other upper half, so we don't know if his pants are intact. We don't know. They what, better be intact. Not like one of the worst parts of the way 15 looks in 14 uh-huh. yeah. is there is no animation on clothing, basically. Yeah. So which is weird because original Sprite Art King of Fighters is really all about the fluidity of stuff like that. Mm hmm. So when they show his his pants not move, it's going to look sad. <laughs> yeah. And they also said the next DLC character is Sylvia Palapala, who is a character that in 14, and she's very um what's that? Kaipura or something? A, the the kawaii mascot or whatever of Japan. Uh what she was like a weird idol that was around for a little while. That was all about really bizarre. Oh yeah, Kyaru, uh Pamu Pamu. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, this character is obviously directly inspired by her. She has like weird giant eyes on her head and all sorts of stuff. And I believe she had electric powers. But yeah, I thought she was one of the better additions in fourteen. So it's cool to see her coming back in summer. Mm-hmm. And they showed that Naj, who is another character from fourteen, is coming back. I don't even remember remember her. She just looks like to me a character from a new Ease game. <laughs> like that's how kind of bad she looks. All right. Cool. And there also going to be a crossplay beta. Hooray! Coming in spring. We can play with Voxandra. Yep. That will be neat. Thank you. Little late. <laughs> a year late, but we'll take it. Right? At least it's happening. Yeah. And there's two more on the roadmap that are shadowed out. We don't know who they are yet. They could be Brian anyone. One lo- 100%. Yeah, one, looks like, uh, one looks like it's probably Duolon. Oh, who maybe. was yeah. one of uh, the members of Ash Crimson's team. Yeah, he does look like that uh, That first one of the silhouettes. And I'm trying to remember what the name of the, of the who I'm thinking of is, looks like the last one. Oh, God, she looks... That? It looks kind of like the sumo girl. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember. I don't either. Uh, Hinako Shijo. Yeah. That'd be cool. She hasn't been in them um, since they moved to 3D. <laughs> yeah, she was really cool. I enjoyed that character. Yeah, so. Hopefully. That's, that's looking cool. I'm glad that all of these characters seem kind of neat, unlike the, the whole second season pass that they released last year because they released two season passes in one year because they were crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the second half was like, here's characters that were already made from Samurai Showdown, and mm-hmm. then here is basically reskins of old characters that are already in the game with some different moves. 
Like, yeah, that's not exciting. No. Okay. All right. Uh, and my last piece of news. And and all of our last pieces. Yeah. This is it for the news. Uh, Bayonetta 3 got a balance patch, which is something they basically don't do at Platinum. Like, they don't do this much combat alteration after launch. Yeah. Maybe ever. Yeah. Uh, they reworked the way Viola's parry works, so now there's a much bigger window to actually parry stuff. I, I booted it up. It's almost like they got feedback from every living being on Earth and said, come on, man, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. They even added a new animation for when you get a parry timed right, where she, like, swings a sword and may, let... It, it makes it more obvious that it was a good parry that will get you a longer amount of which time. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I was like, okay, why... How did... Okay. <laughs> they also made it so charge attacks, you can dodge while doing them, and you hold the charge level, which is something you had in other Bayonetta games. I even believe we brought this up yes, in the review. Yes, you brought that up in the review. Um, and a lot of people have brought it up on the Gigaboots fan Discord. <laughs> Link in the description. Um, so that's cool that that's now back. Mm-hmm. And they also made it so that picture book that you can buy... And had keys hidden throughout the game, like mm -hmm. really obscurely. Mm -hmm. uh, now it just gives you all the keys immediately when you buy the book. So you can just then play that extra mode they oh, added. Weird. Yeah, I guess it kind of works because this is that was obviously a demo for the game they're releasing in a few months. Right. I wish that they just made the keys easier to find, like gave you on map hints of like where to go. Because I think the part of it being in the game like it was, was really neat to find those and yeah, I think I've got zero. That's not surprising. I'm terrible at finding stuff like that. Yeah, they were really obscurely hidden. It was basically, yeah, we threw them in every time you went to a, one of those between worlds in just a completely random place. You know, we, we don't talk about it a lot, but like, I feel like it was a really strong thing in 7th gen where every shooter needed to do the Resident Evil gem in a tree thing. Mm -hmm. But they had like one or two of them, and there were a billion of each of those types <laughs> throughout the game. And I was always miserable at finding those. Like, I found six. How many are there? Uh, 42. Yeah. Oh. I was oh. hoping you'd say 10. All right, they made it so... You know when you activate a treasure box and it shows you the the pieces of it fly around the map that you need to go collect. Yeah, you can now can fast forward that. Oh, that's good because that oh, was that's good. Yeah, that was really really frustrating to redo because it's always like okay, I have to oh. wait for a full like thirty seconds while it shows me where the pieces are going. Yeah, I'm sorry I failed at platforming, but please, <laughs> please end end my suffering. And the last thing they did for this was a reduced difficulty on several of the combat portals. Which is good. Some of those were unhinged. That's true. So that's cool to see them do. That's weird. Maybe this is a sign that their development tools over there are finally usable and they can just things it all after the game is done. Or conversely, <laughs> they they were trying to get this version ready for launch. Maybe. I don't know. Part of this makes me wonder, like, maybe there's something about the way Nintendo wanted that game kept. Like they couldn't do more testing. They Maybe. Because you know how Nintendo is. They don't they want to announce a game three months before it comes out because they get off on that. <laughs> There's a new Fire Emblem. Fuck you. And Fire Emblem's coming out really soon, isn't it? It is. Like yeah, next in week. one week. God damn. How am I supposed to find time for Fire Emblem Engage and for Spoken? I know a really easy way to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh shit, you know one easy trick? <laughs> yeah, just one easy trick. Okay, what is it? I'm all ears. Don't play Forspoken, ever. What? The <laughs> Forspoken's gotta be shorter than Fire Emblem Engage. I mean, probably. Uh, yes, absolutely. So there you go. Obviously, all things in life are worth pursuing if they take less time. <laughs> I, I still have a hunch that Forspoken is not gonna be very long. I also agree. If that game is 40 hours long, I will be shocked. I will be shook to my core. That game is going to be 26 hours. That is my guess. Yeah, I bet that's, that's my guess for if you scrape the map. Right. Like, I, I bet that just if you mainline the game, it's probably 10 to 15 hours. That'd be my guess. Wow. Yeah. Just playing those the demo, because that's clearly just made out of a bunch of the side missions. Like, depending on how they structure this... None of these feel like they would be required. Oh wow! See, I think it's I think it's somewhere in between. Like my my wild guess, based on having not played the demo, because mm -hmm. you know, uh, I prefer the opposite approach to Venom. I don't want to get used to it casually, slowly over time. I'm just gonna do a shitload of it in one night and see if I survive. Um, I think. It's going to be somewhere in between where you play, you do the main story, but you do some side missions, not all of them. Right. You think there's 21 to 26, somewhere for, around for each zone or something. I wasn't thinking that, but that could be the case. That that would that's the easiest way to make sure your content gets played. Yes. I'm sorry, Parappa, you don't have enough of these gems. You got to go get them. What is the name of the main character of Forspoken? For spoke woman? No. <laughs> is it is it Frey? I it might, it might be. be Freya, Frey or Freya, something like that. I'm afraid no one really. It's knows. Frey, yes. Okay. Ah. Okay. All right, you did it, Agro. Good job. Forspoken's highest champion right here. <laughs> yes! yes, the strongest warrior for Forspoken. Uh, anyways, we that's... have one more piece of news. Oh shit! Oh no. What uh, is it? so. Uh, Netties bought Skybox Labs this week. Uh, Skybox Labs has done a bunch of stuff, but primarily they have helped Microsoft push things out the door. They worked oh. on all the all the Age of Empires remasters. They worked on Project Spark. They worked on Halo Five Forge. They worked on the the console ports of Minecraft, and they worked on Halo Infinite. <laughs> I, I see the exact angle you're coming with. Mm. So how is Microsoft going to release anything? Uh, Bethesda. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The Bethesda games will keep coming out. Who knows Maybe. about anything else? I'm uh, pretty confident the Bethesda games will keep coming out, but, it, you know, uh, Chris and I disagree on the fate of Starfield. We've heard Chris's thesis on Starfield, which is not invalid. I get it. The uh, what was it? Todd Howard's super game will not ship until it is done. Capital D. This reminds me. Okay. During Game of the Year, we talked about um, Halo Infinite making maps and Forge and just releasing them, them as if those were actually the remakes of those old maps. Mm -hmm. In comments, someone said they'd already done that. Yeah, I, I saw that comment too, and I was horrified and I didn't want to look it up because... <laughs> Guys, I don't come out here wanting to be sad about Microsoft. That's not what my identity in gaming is. My identity in gaming is paying $15 for Punchwood and going, 
it's too bad no one will ever fucking know the joy I've just experienced. <laughs> then I, I, I pop off the cap of fucking Jack Daniels because that game was two hours long at most. <laughs> I was expecting six hours longer game. I guess I'll drink for six hours. <laughs> I earned it. I earned it. <laughs> yeah, I, heard, I saw that comment too. That's horrifying, yeah, and I shook refuse me to. to I refuse to verify that. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, anyway, spent a lot of time recently wishing Halo Infinite had more and exciting levels in multiplayer for me to go back and try. Because mm -hmm. that was literally from day one. I played it and went, "This seems really cool." They need more levels. They made a couple more, as I understand, which may or may not be made. In Anyway, that's it for news. Hey, Bob. 14 and a half hour stream tomorrow of Folklore. Please tune in. This game is gorgeous. It's like a Pokemon action RPG. It's gonna be good. Yeah, get him hyped up to then be incredibly disappointed. <laughs> this is the iconic game where the trailer went, a murder in the village of the dead. How ironic. And it comes out of Otacon who goes Super Saiyan. That is a video game you'll want to see. Or a hellscape we're going to fall into. I don't know which. I would like to think this is going to be a fantastic stream. <sighs> Aside from that, I don't know. Goaty will continue. Uh, hey, Chris. <laughs> Banjo will continue. Go <laughs> uh, Agra, what do you got going on in the next week? Aim for the heavens. <laughs> See, it's way less creepy than the, than the fairy saying bye to me on the farm. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Big Think to Dimension. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Big Think Dimension. Big Think Dimension and the Gigaboost Podcast Network is only possible because of your support over on patreon.com slash gbpodcast, where you can get access to many benefits, such as Isolation 119. I'm coming up on a viewing. I need to watch that again. Oh, no. The rope in Eric. Anyways, patreon.com slash gbpodcast.